First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Oh, me, oh, my, oh, right? What is that from? Jambalaya, is that a song, Mike? Who does that? Who? I don't know who that is. I've never checked out Florida Georgia Line, Mike. Mike's always talking about that new country in here. Florida Georgia Line. Those are his boys. Well, we have an exciting show for you tonight. Tonight, here, on The Best Show, hosted by me, Tom Sharpling. I want to tell you, later in the program, Todd Barry will be checking in, telling us all about his brand new book. Thank you for coming to Hattiesburg very excited we'll also be talking about rough times rough times we've all got them let's talk about them want to hear about your rough times maybe our rough times can all be a little less rough if we're all here helping each other out The hashtag is Tom and Todd and this is your Tuesday night destination. The phone number 201-332-3484. It is once again unstoppable. The best show here for you like an old friend. That does not get the hint.
That's the best show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Tuesday night installment here on this wet March evening here in 2017. I give you the weather. Wait, what happened? Oh, why'd that happen? Oh my goodness. Wait. Where'd the music go? Why would the music go away? Where did it go? Why did the music go? Do other songs play? No, they don't. Why? Where did the music go? Oh, I can't do the show without the music. I really don't know where it went. There it is. The music is back and I'm back. Even though my back ain't so good anymore. We'll talk more about that later in the show. What a fun topic that'll be. When we talk about rough times. Now why? Something's going on here. I'm going to throw this computer in the street. I'm telling you, you know I updated... I was trying to get my computer. Get this, everyone. And this might be one for you uh, tech geeks out there to get all giddy about. A riddle. Computer riddle. I downloaded this new... uh, You know, you get this uh, this, uh, ting there, the... uh, like the, the new uh, operating system, I think they're called. Is that what they're called? And it's got this really cool feature where uh, if you slide your... Uh, on, this is on my MacBook Air. I slide my, my uh, cursor over to the left, and then this dumb window rolls out now that I have no control over. That's fun. Fun little thing just pops up now. Just takes over. Takes over... Uh, one-seventh of the screen with other things I could be doing rather than pay attention to the thing I'm trying to pay attention to on my computer screen. Oh, wow, I could watch the, the trailer for the Scarlett Johansson movie. Oh, how, oh, it's a hangover style. Uh, oh, well, how about that? That seems like a fun trailer to watch. Maybe I'll do that after I'm trying to look at the full screen for the thing I'm actually have on the screen. Then I go to this Apple store, and I'm telling you, these these people, God bless them, God bless them, for they know not what they do. God, right? God bless them, for they know not what they do. Except they, uh, they're wearing the shirt. If you know not what you do, don't wear the shirt. Oh, here's how you get rid of that, and then they tell me how to get rid of it. 
and A, it didn't get rid of it, and B, now, my laptop is so hypersensitive that if I drift my cursor over something, it clicks on it. Oh, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to smack this computer over someone's head. Hey, remember my laptop? Bonk. Yeah, you're the one who tried to get rid of the uh, the sliding uh, yeah panel. Yeah, well, my laptop wants to say hi. Yeah, sick. Now my laptop's hypersensitive, so I'm just tiptoeing now with it. Tiptoeing. I can't. I can't have this be tiptoeing. This new operating system is pure garbage. I don't know uh, what the goal with these things are now. I, mean, I, I got to be more like Mike. Mike's got it figured out. Mike's got it figured out. He goes to the library, gets a half hour on the computer, throws his jacket over his head, and then over the monitor for a little for a little and I'm not saying he's doing anything untoward he just doesn't want you looking at what he's looking at on the screen he's got it figured out but these apple people man they know not what they do they do but they are getting paid by apple and they literally do not know what they do yeah, so anybody knows how to get rid of that window and how to make my laptop not be so sensitive anymore so that everything uh, gets clicked on. by My the cursor uh, looks at something and it clicks on it. Oh, yeah. oh, and that's great. It also shrinks everything down to this cool thing where oh, you're on a website now, so it's a little little box and you can... I could click back on it and have it be back on my screen. Okay. Fun. When they do these things, are they are they are they putting out? Are they making fires to put out fires? The people who do these updates, it's sick and it's sad, and they should all be ashamed of themselves. We think about that, Mike. Right, right. One's worse than the next. One's worse than the next. Tell you some stretch I got going on here. First, my bracket gets blown up. Oh my god, my bracket. I can't believe my bracket. Well, my bracket's blown up. Throw my bracket in the garbage. Yeah. Oh wait, you didn't Wait, so you mean the the elaborate gambling system of where you guessed how 150 basketball games would end up games played by 98% of the uh the people playing the games will be working at insurance companies in 2 years that you couldn't use their talent level to figure out how each game would go and you were surprised by things because the typical college basketball play is a guy misses a shot Someone gets an offensive rebound, and then the guy dribbles the ball off his own leg, and it rolls out of bounds. Oh, it's a buzzer beater! Yeah, that's because at some point, someone's got to make a shot. One of these shots has to go down at some point. 
Lonzo Ball passes it off to a guy who will be running a car dealership that his father owns next year. Imagine that. Guy passing the ball. Guy, guy, these college basketball, some of them are going to the NBA. Most of them are going nowhere. But my bracket, oh no, my bracket's busted. First of all, these kids should all be in class. Rather than being dragged to uh, the South Carolina to play games all day and night. Isn't this like March? School's still in session, right? There's like tests and things. They ain't got book reports? These guys? No, let's fly them. Okay, no, you're going to be in Sacramento uh, playing basketball games against other schools. But don't worry, it'll be on True TV and uh, completely disrupting the True TV schedule, which I'm not happy about. Anybody who knows me knows uh, I'm like, don't mess up my True TV. Don't mess up my, uh, where's my impractical jokers? Where's my Adam ruins everything? And speak, speaking of which, Adam ruins everything. This dudio, this guy who works on this show. First of all, he says to me, let's go eat dinner. I want to talk to you. And I go, okay. I sit down. First thing he says to me is, uh, someone on the show will betray you. And I'm like, really? Who? And he's like, well, I'm not saying, might be me. So I'm like, oh, okay, great. And so I was like, is this theoretically? He's like, no, it's going to happen. Someone's going to betray you on the staff. They're going to try to take what is yours and make it theirs. So that was unsettling. Next thing he's saying, he's, uh, he's saying, he keeps saying, Adam this, Adam that. Like, who are you talking about? It's like Adam Conover. What? Not the guy from Adam Ruins Everything. He's like, yeah. It's like, of course him. So I'm like, you know him? He's like, yeah, I, uh, I studied, uh, sketch writing with him. Then we're talking on Twitter. And then I tweet to Adam, uh, uh, the host of the show, Adam Ruins Everything, which is on True TV, where it's his guy, Adam, and he ruins it. He's like, I want to just tell you that, that you know, soda's bad for you. Because then you'll be like, well, like the people on the show are like, well, I guess... uh I'm going to have this nice, healthy soda. And he's like, sorry, soda's actually bad for you. And they're like, what? So then, that guy, it's a very funny show. I like the show a lot. And uh, so Jason's like, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I studied with him. So I tweet at him. And then the guy never, like, did you study with uh, Dudio? Im, uh, improv sketch writing or whatever it's called. I don't know what it's called. 
Guy doesn't reply until the next day. Finally get a reply. The guy retweets back. Seems very like, I don't want to say it seemed coached. His reply, his reply seemed coached. He's like, yes. At Sonic Dork, which is Dudio's uh, Twitter handle, he's like, I studied, he studied my sketch writing class, or what, whatever they call it. Again, I don't know. What do, you, what do they, I don't, look, for all I know when they do these things, these UCB things, it might be a Tupperware party for all I know. They're going there, they're comparing uh, the Tupperware containers and pill things that hold like weekly pills with the letters of the week on them. I don't know what. I've never been to a UCB class. I'll never be at one. I didn't need it. I got raw talent, man. Raw. Am I still a blob of clay being shaped? Yeah, I am. Could I have benefited from some from learning? I'm sure. Did I get it? No. Do I regret it? Nah, I don't. Maybe I regret the the not being a part of the whatever the the fraternity is of uh, comedians who have each other's back, like these UCB people will, you know, break into someone else's house and do a creepy crawl, move their furniture around six inches and spook them while they're asleep, or whatever they do with these this UCB. Uh, so yes, yeah, so this dudio has no idea. This Anthony, this poor uh, Adam Conover, seemed very coached or or paid off. I'm not sure which one or both. To say he knows dudio seemed very very arranged. Just very something very uh, very fishy about it. Yeah, and I don't know what goes on with these UCB things. God knows what they're up to. You can't walk in on from the left side, you idiot. You gotta go in from the right. I don't know what they're doing at these things, right? No, 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 that's not what you say. Say it's a, the, you're a, a Star Wars character, right? Must be some version of that. They're always saying yes and, yes and, which God knows what that means. I don't know. I don't care. I'm sure it means literally nothing in terms of, uh, I mean, unless that's like, like, like catchphrase for them. Like, like, is it like, is it like, uh, how's it hanging? Like, yes and. I don't, again, I don't know. I don't care. God bless them. They all seem very happy that they're in the club. But yeah, when it come, when push comes to shove, it's clear someone's up to something on this show. One of these rats, and I use rats, rats is maybe a little strong. I'm going to take rats back, guys. I'm sorry. Rats is a little strong. One of my uh, compatriots 
Is that better? Is clearly up to something. And I'm going to, I'm going to get it somehow. One way or another, I know I'm going to get it. I know they're going to get me somehow. I just got to watch my back. I just got to watch my back. Music. What did we hear four hours ago? What was that one song I played four hours ago? Well, let me tell you. Remember that band Karoma that uh, we played so much? They had their great album? Yes, of course you do. Well, a member of Karoma. Get this. This is how this works. And if Pete Frame is listening, he might want to sketch this out. The band MGMT. I believe their drummer is in the band Karoma, if I'm not mistaken. Now, Karoma also features a young man named Simon, who has a record coming out. Uh, his uh, record is Simon Doom is the name he uh, uh, performs under. And there's a Simon Doom record coming out in May. And we heard a song. From that record, which is not out yet. Not out yet. No, no, no. No, no, no. Not out for a while. And that song was called. Sorry. Going to tell you in one second. That song is called I Feel Unloved from his upcoming Simon Doom record coming out on Votive music and the record is now here's where it goes full circle produced by the two dudes from mgmt and that was the broadcast premiere of that song i feel unloved by simon doom and it's great and i love all that stuff and later in the show we're gonna have todd barry checking in his new book is out called Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg. It's his book of the uh, trials and tribulations of a stand-up comic going through a year in his career. It's a great book. You're going to love it, and you're going to love to hear from him on the show. And... Hot phones, they're all lit up now. And boy, oh boy, my bracket, huh? It's busted. I had Duke squaring off against UCLA. Now that doesn't track anymore. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. 
Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. But the next thing we have coming up, very exciting. Uh, I guess it's a night of uh, of comedy. Guess we can say that. Uh, because the next guest I have coming up on the show, Todd Barry, will be up later. But uh, is a guy who uh, everybody's going to know who this is. This is a little bit of a thrill, a little bit of a surprise. You'd really just have to be under a rock if you don't know who this next guy is. Um, he was one of the top comedians of the 2000s. He was a huge breakout star on, on SNL. He was a star of uh, a bunch of movies, uh, Hooker by Crook, Walk of Shame, Laundry Day. And he co-created a, a really beloved an influential show, uh, short-lived show, but definitely influential called, uh, Dougie Town. I'm sure everybody knows who this is now. Um, and he also has a book out documenting, uh, one of what I guess you'd call one of the most spectacular flameouts in recent memory. And, uh, he's got a new book and a new television series. So it's exciting to welcome to the show, uh, Dougie Miller. Is, uh, do we have Dougie on the line? Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm good, Dougie. Thanks for coming. Oh, of course. It's a pleasure to, to be here. You know, I, I, I have to come clean. I, I'd actually never heard of your show before, but I called my good friends, uh, Sal Volcano and Bill Hader at, you know, to see, if you were on the up and up, and they they both vouched for you a hundred percent. Oh, that, that's uh, cool. Well, absolutely. Here. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I actually checked out the show, and I, I do really like it. Oh, thank you. You are a very funny guy. I have to say, I, I don't quite get when the guy who sounds like a lady from the Amish country calls in, and then you suddenly become like a hundred times more gullible. But the other stuff, I'm I'm very into. Okay. Cool. And it, it's it's a real pleasure to be here on the great show, mm-hmm. the the best show. Excuse me. It's the best show, actually. Oh, the be- I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. I think I, I think Julie had written that down wrong for me. Uh-huh. I'll tell you, I, I'd I'd love to get into it with you about favorite and maybe not so favorite candy bars. I think we'd we'd have a a, a good bit of overlap. Um. Well, you know, that's I guess. It's not exactly what we're doing. I mean, well, like, what was the fate? What's your favorite candy bar? I like. This is probably not going to be overlap. I love Zagnut. Yeah, that's not one of my uh, favorites or least favorite. Most people don't don't even consider it a candy bar, really. I guess people forget that it is candy. Kind of like a what's the white one? Zero bar. Yeah, I guess those are the forgotten candy bars. What's your favorite? The favorite candy bar probably payday. Like payday. See, see, I would put that under under the umbrella that we just spoke of. No, no chocolate in in any of those candy bars. Yeah, no, no. It's it's nuts and sugar. Who was in that movie? That was my good friend Jack Earl Haley. Was in nuts and sugar. He was in nuts and sugar, and he 
played. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm forgetting this because I I I was a I was a co-producer on this movie. Who is the um Who is the love interest? Why am I spacing on this? Oh my god, I can picture her. Yeah, yeah. No idea. I've no. She's idea. one of those triple namers. Yeah, it's this one. This one's not sticking up. Can't get it. Yeah, Maybe no. we'll come up, up with it later. I'm not going to look. I hate when I when you can Google things and just get the answer so quickly. I'm going to see if either of us can come up with this. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's cheating. I don't. I don't like it either. Yeah. So, you know, Dougie, I guess. Uh, uh, you know, like where, where, where do I even begin with with right. your story? You know, you've had a really one of the wildest rides in in comedy history, like so many ups and and just as many downs. I know, man. You're telling me. You know, I feel I feel like I'm I'm on my tenth life. You know, to use a uh, a Peter Chrisism, and uh, you know, Peter's a great friend, of course. He's a uh, very gentle soul. Never quick to lash out in anger. Just a, just an all around, even keeled, smooth sailing guy. It's always seemed that way. Always yeah. seemed that way. Very very balanced and not not operating from a position of pettiness or or, no, or insecurity. No. Very grateful. Very yeah. grateful for for you know where he was and where he continues to be in life. Yeah, just a, one of those guys who appreciates the ride. Yep. You know. Well, I, I gotta say, you know, we're, we're definitely honored to have you here on the show. And it's, it's great that you're, you know, you're making this comeback and you've actually got an autobiography coming out next Tuesday, which is called Coming Clean. And I, I had a chance to read it, an advanced copy. And I can say it is a fantastic book. Well, thank you, Tim. You know, it, uh, I'll tell you, it, it almost killed me to write this thing, you know, um, yeah, there's a lot of laughs in it, but there's just as many dark moments. And um, to be quite frank, those are the uh, those are moments I really did not want to relive. But you know, in in order to heal and to help heal my relationships w- with others, you know, I I, I had to had to uh, put those on paper. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, you know, we we certainly will touch on some of the darker moments, but yeah. um, I guess I w- would want to just kind of. Honor the the high points mm-hmm. for for starters. You know you you're you're one of the in comedy. You're you're like a a legitimate triple threat is I guess what you'd be called. And there are not many of those in comedy. You um, successful stand up back in the late nineties, and then you were a huge movie star uh, the beginning of the two thousands. And then you were the creator and star of your own television show after that, which, um, that's, a, that's a lot of, lot of ground to cover. And, um, I guess I'd really love to hear, uh, you walk us through like that heyday, uh, maybe if you could in your own words. Well, <laughs> look, you know, I, I don't want to give away too, too much of this. You know, I'm, I'm trying to sell this damn book, Sean. Uh, it's Tom. Oh, sorry, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yes, Tom. write that down. Uh huh. T. T H. No, A T O. M. A T O. No, T O M. That was almost turning into that Jerry Lewis thing where uh, the guy calls up and uh, trying to get him to to uh, to uh, honor his friend 
at uh, that night's MS banquet. Remember that? It's like a prank tape. It was on the uh, celebrities at their worst. Uh huh. It's a great one. Yeah. And he and yeah. It's, he just um, keeps pretending to spell the name wrong as the guy's trying to get him to write the name down. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll check that out. You're um, gonna go check it out. Yeah, probably not. Um, yeah. Well, you, you know, it. You really. Uh, I know you're trying to sell a book, but I, I think that. You giving a little bit of uh, insight into this would would probably help sell some copies. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Okay, well, let me nutshell it for you, okay? Um, uh, going all the way back, I grew up in a town called Tylersport, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, which is, of course, where the uh, Junior Little League World Series uh, takes place every year, and uh, which was ironic because my parents were strict uh, Christian rocket scientists, so I was never allowed to participate in in any team sports, really. Uh huh. Yeah. Christian, wait, Christian rocket scientists? Yes, yeah. What is what is that? Well, it's the same as regular Christian science, but it's geared more towards space travel enthusiasts. Huh. Yeah, I, I'd never I'd never heard of that. It's not huge. It's, it, it's a very, it, it's a real subset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so basically, because I was part of, of that world, I, I never really felt part of the world that my my fellow teenage, you know, kids and eventually teenagers inhabited. And th- that's when I started to really get into comedy. So, uh, at around seventeen, I started um, cutting school, and I, I would go up. Uh, I, I'd go to Manhattan, and I, I would check out comedy clubs, and um, eventually I, I started doing open mics, you know, and uh, after a couple years, I started to get better. You know, you find your groove, and you find your you find who you are as as a comic, and what works, and what, what doesn't, what's natural, um, and eventually I was able to get some decent spots. You know, I, I was emceeing, I was middling, and then eventually I was, uh, I was headlining, and uh, I mean, it... it it's pretty much the same story at any comic experiences. You know, listen to or watch any of the literally thousands of podcasts, movies, and TV shows about stand-up comedy that have been made in the last five years, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm pretty sure my new show, Second Chances, is uh, the only new series in this new spring lineup that's not about uh, the sad yet ultimately hilarious and very important life of a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. But we can talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we can we can get into to uh, the new show, Second Chances, uh, later in the in the journey. I Great. guess you call it. But um, so that's so when you're kind of getting started there and you're getting your career rolling, then you um, you audition for and get uh, SNL. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's an interesting story. I didn't even know Lauren was in the audience the night that he saw me. And uh, out of the blue, I, I get a call a couple of days later to audition later that next week. And I'll tell you, I had no characters at all. I didn't do characters. So basically, I just started ma- making up stuff on the spot, and he loved it. He flipped. Uh-huh. Yeah. And some of those characters went that you did once you got the show that mm-hmm. became really huge. Big um, stuff, yeah. Like Horse Face, Martini, everybody. It's like a, you know, Punk Pope John Sid the First, uh, the surgeon with OCD, uh, then there was Prematurely Balding Jesus, 
a little little uh well it was an edgier one but it was, was yeah yeah, but, yeah yeah it was great and i'll tell you those they were so much fun to do rick mm-hmm. tom tom sorry uh, i kind of I gotta write it on every on every uh, little scrap of paper I have here because it's not sticking with me. Okay, it's that Tom. name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So doing doing the show was fun. I loved it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you were there for just three seasons. Uh, that's that's true. Because then you kind of got uh, some big offers that I guess were too good to uh, to refuse. You know, it, it's a cliche, but. Uh, Hollywood did come calling. Uh huh. Yeah. And uh, everybody knows the your film debut, uh, Hooker by Crook. It's a huge smash right out of the box. It was, and, and I'll tell you, when I first read Andy Blitz's script, I thought, look, <laughs> nobody's going to buy me playing a Cleveland cop named John Crook who has to go undercover as a female prostitute to break up a Peruvian coke smuggling ring. But it worked. It was magic on the set between uh, Adam McKay and I, and we took it to new places that I don't think anyone thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it certainly went to those places. It was, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, the number one comedy of uh, 2004. It was, yes. Yes, according to Priority uh, uh, Magazine. Mm-hmm. The, that is the showbiz Viority. The showbiz yeah. authority. It's a great one, yeah. 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 Um, and I'll tell you, everything was, was firing on all c- cylinders at that point. And I, I even had a top 20 single with I'm My Own Pimp, which was, of course, the song that was, that was played during the end credits. Mm-hmm. It was great. And Frederick Durst, uh, of course, was the producer of that. Another cool guy and a, a really great friend. Seems, I don't know him, seems like a guy who would be so cool. Yep. So chill. No, ang- go- no anger right under the surface. Uh, yep, yep. Very generous. He would see. He and I had had, had this kind of joke gift thing we would do. The the gifts weren't jokes. We would every day we would send each other a new backwards baseball cap. Mm-hmm. The tighter the better. Sure. Tight tight lids. Yeah. They were tight lids. Very tight lids. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, speaking of, of music, mm-hmm. maybe you can help me with this. I did an interview the other day over at Sirius. Yeah. With this guy. It was like a music interview show. I cannot remember his name. And I'll tell you, it's the only interview I've ever done where the interviewer talked about his own fame. Mm-hmm. It's like every other word was blank is a friend of mine, you know, th- that sort of thing. Very name droppy. And I actually started to keep a running tally. I, I counted seven blank is a good friend of mine's, uh, five blank texted me's, uh, and 12 mentions of something called John Five. What is that? John Five? Yes. It, it sounds like a Bible verse. It's uh, John Five is, uh, it's not a Bible verse, uh, Dougie. John Five is actually an American guitarist, um, his stage name was bestowed on him in 1998 when he left David Lee Roth and joined the industrial metal group Marilyn Manson as their guitarist, taking over for Zimzum. Still going by the name John Five, uh, he has since become the guitarist for Rob Zombie. My big question to you is, at what point did you have the time to, to pull that up on Wikipedia? Oh, no, that's just off the top of my head. No, it's not. Sure. 
You're kidding me. No, that's just, I just, I memorize dumb facts. What else have you memorized? The thing is with me, uh, Dougie, is that I can't hold on to a lot of them simultaneously. So once that one goes, another one will slide into its place. I see. I see. They call that uh, a cranial info replacement, I believe. Yes. I think that's the technical it's, it's, term yeah, for it. I'm not sure what that is because I would have known, but it got slid out of the way for this you. John 5 info. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this guy also was talking about, about Foreigner. It's all he could talk about was how Foreigner has, like, no original members sometimes, and why aren't they in the Rock and Roll Hall? And they started yelling about it. I was like, I don't even remember Foreigner. Yeah. he's. Ve- I, I don't exactly know who you're talking about, but he... um. I, I I know I know who of who you're whom you're speaking. Okay, well maybe Blanking. this could help you out. He was wearing two UFO shirts. Oh, his name is on the tip of my tongue. Okay, we can come back to that one also. Yeah. Okay. A little bit maybe later. Let's see if we can get it again. No, no googling. Nope. No googling. So like Gary Shandling. Uh when he would just that would be if they were updating that. Maybe when they reboot uh, Larry Sanders, he'll say. Well, I hope I get it. And anyway, no go Googling. Like that's no Googling. And just remember, no Googling. Sound just like him. Why, thank you. Um, yeah. Now, Dougie, what, back then, 2004 to like 2007, yeah. you were just like on fire. And you were on all the magazine covers. You were on all the talk shows. It, huge. It, it, I tell you, it, 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 it's like every every entertainer's fantasy and and it, it was more success than I, I ever dreamed of you know I was on fire basically everyone wanted to know me men women cool people uncool people people who were just kind of cool you know I, I'd go to Home Depot to buy some light bulbs and I'd end up quite honestly getting down with some hottie in one of the aisles oh. you know it, uh, it certainly gives new meaning to the saying getting wood doesn't it yeah okay well that's get sure. it like you would go no, to Home I, Depot to buy like yeah. I don't know, like a you know, plywood or something. Yeah, no, no, get, no. I, I wick dipped. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was hanging with you right from the outset well, on that one, Doug. Fair enough. Yeah, I was with you right from the beginning. Um, it's so, a Tom Petty song, right? What's that? I was, I was with you right there from the beginning. It's on um, Full Moon Fever. It is on Full Moon Fever. It's, just, yeah. it's the third song. It was the B side of Zombie Zoo. Which should have been a hit. I can't believe it was. It's his best song. It is, yeah. Um, because it's one of those songs again where a, where a guy takes on like a, a crazy scene that he doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, which who can't get enough of that? I love it. Um, after Hooker by Crook, you had a couple movies. Uh, were also big hits. Uh, mm-hmm. Online hating. Yep. And Walk of Shame. Yes, and uh, I tell you, man, more great times making those. Uh, you know that uh, such great, great fun. It was, you know, uh, you hear those stories about them making Caddyshack and and Stripes and then just the, the blast that they had making those. And it, it was it was very similar. But uh, I tell you, that kind of massive success can really mess with your head, though. Really? Yeah, and I, I was finding basically I, I was able to get away with. Pretty much anything I wanted to get away with is because I was famous and very rich. 
Mm-hmm. And, and the, the odd rub of that is I didn't have to pay for anything at that point. You know, people were buying me dinners, clothes, drinks. Everything was comped. And I'll tell you, if I was pulled over for speeding by a cop, mm-hmm. 100% of the time the cop would, would end up asking me for either an autograph or a photo or to call his wife to talk to her. And I'll tell you, sometimes they'd even let me shoot their guns. The cops would let you shoot their guns. They would, yeah, and sometimes at them. And sometimes what? At them. The cops would let you shoot the guns at them. Yes, yeah, they'd say, I, I, w- I would, like, I would be such an honor for you to shoot me. Well, that's very right? strange. It's crazy. I, I, yeah. I, I did it. Look, I, I didn't take advantage of it. I did it like seven times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot. Well. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Dougie, uh, I guess you know, I don't have to tell you your story. It's like, uh, you kind of had things, things went a little south after, uh, after that run. And, uh, took, things took a real turn for the worse during the filming of your next movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, it was all catching up to me at that point. I was, uh, I was burning the candle at, at, at both ends for sure. <laughs> Hell, I, I was setting the, the, the entire shopping center in which the candle store was housed uh, on fire with a high-powered, fully automatic blowtorch. Uh-huh. Granted, that was a very unwieldy way of saying that, but I, I, I stand by it. Yeah, and that looked great on the page when you right? said that. I thought that yeah. was very literary. Yeah, thank you. It just it showed a real feel for just the printed page. Yeah. It's funny. I, I had to say it every day in these interviews, and uh, that was the first time I ever really got it right all the way through. Hmm. I usually leave out the in which part. Well, it, I, I, I like the full version of it. Thank you. Yes, it, it's, it, it's got mad flow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... So the movie ended up suffering greatly because of my state of mind and also my flagrantly immoral proclivities. Uh Uh-huh. And I I guess I have to say, it's been like 10 years since that movie. Right. And uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say I'm still not exactly sure how to say the name of the movie. Right. It's it's Jim Spionage. Jim Spionage. Yeah, yeah. I I know it, it doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? No, no. You know, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you. At the time, a movie about a bumbling gym rat who gets recruited by the KGB to become the president's personal trainer seemed like a funny idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess in the in the scheme of things, it is a, a decent premise for a movie. Yeah, you're combining gym culture. You know, and, and espionage. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. by that point, my ego was so out of control mm-hmm. that I, I demanded that uh, uh, John Milius write it. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, a very, a uh, very kind of macho uh, guy. Well, he wrote Apocalypse Now and Red Dawn and Dirty Harry and... Yep. Uh, and like Conan the Barbarian, yeah. So very macho, yeah. So, so basically, what started out as a goofy farce 
ended up as this this like dark, very political, often violent cross between I don't know the the, the Aaron boy and the Manchurian candidate, but with you know with, with howitzers. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, and it's a I got, I have to say it's a very confusing movie. Yeah, well, well, that's what happens when you don't sleep for seventeen days straight and you're only eating good and plenties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that is that's how you were getting through? Oh, and a lot of cocaine too. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the you you mentioned the good and plenties first. I did. Yeah. Speaking of, of rails, um, you know that story where uh, uh, where Scorsese has to remove the the uh, the coke rock from Neil Young's nose in the the last waltz. Yeah. Well, they had to remove a Coke-encrusted, rolled-up, thousand-dollar bill from right behind my ear in 70% of the shots for that movie. Wow. Wow. Fully visible. Crazy. Cost a fortune to take it I'm out. sure. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Can, can I ask why uh, the director, who was, uh, was Peyton Reed, yep. um, why didn't he just tell you to remove the... Uh, the coke encrusted thousand dollar bill before shooting. Well, how how could he? You know, I, I was so famous at that point. I was pretty much the most famous, successful, proven comedian at, at that point. You know, especially in film. So you know, he 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 knew that I, I'd have him fired and replaced it in, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. You know, so he wasn't going to say anything. I'll tell you, man, I was so mean to him. Oh my god. How so? There, there was one time I, I I made him eat a whole canister of film, like he actually had to sit down at a table with utensils and uh, eat it in front of me. Basically, it, it was punishment because he uh, made me leave my trailer to do a scene when I was right in the middle of uh, talking to a friend in my trailer. I don't know if you can hear the air quotes I'm using. Around talking? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, so I'm assuming, yeah. Okay. No reason to go into that in any more well, detail. Well, hey, what can I say? I'm I'm living proof of that old showbiz axiom that famous, very successful men have a deep, deep passion for having sex with women who aren't their wives. Is that a crime? Is that? I didn't realize that was just a showbiz axiom. Yeah. That's, that's how that gets uh, addressed. It is, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That's how, how they get undressed. What? Okay. Well, All right. look, I guess that, look, it's nice to hear a little bit of the, the Dougie, uh. Well, that, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I gotta keep some of that alive, right? But that, that behavior is in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah, so you had a hard time with, with, uh, Peyton Reed. I did, I did, and you know, I, I would call him, I would call him paid less instead of Peyton, because I was making so much more money than him. Uh huh. It was great, and I I also had his this new car that he got. He got this really nice, very expensive top of the line BMW. Yeah. And he had it delivered to the set, and I had his BMW swapped out for the stunt car that got blown up in the final scene. Okay. It was hilarious. And so that you blew his brand new car up. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and then there was one time I had his trailer filled with gallons and gallons of fetid rice pudding. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, and the, I gotta say, your book, uh, Dougie, is filled with all sorts of of stories like that. Which I guess the the only way to to uh, the only word that like comes to mind for the stories is um, unsettling. Well, yeah, and uh, 
imagine how unsettling it, it was to have to look back on this. That was the hardest part of writing this book. You know, I had to come to terms with these terrible things that I did and things that I said to people who were very close to me, uh, working partners, directors, as I said, uh, you know, lovers, uh, wives, ex-wives. You know, it's very, very shameful behavior. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, which is kind of what takes you to the, the, da- the your downfall next. Yeah. Um, Oh gosh! By by 2008, I was I was fully out of control. Uh, Jim Spionage tanked. Uh, Dougie Town, while while it was a critical favorite and very influential, uh, didn't connect with a wide audience. And I was getting very very angry. I was seeing this whole new crop of young comics passing me by, and I wasn't getting the roles that I wanted, and I, I thought I should have. Um, Adam McKay wouldn't hire me to play opposite Will Ferrell in Step Brothers only because I broke into his house one night and stole his refrigerator. Okay. Yeah. Sure. And, Not and, a um, Yeah, he really held a grudge on that one. And so, you know, I felt so I felt terrible. I felt bad about myself. So what do you do? I just kept doing things to make me feel better, which, of course, was illicit substances. Uh-huh. You know, I'll tell you, man, I did... Pretty much anything you can imagine. I was doing, uh, oh my God, what was I on? Uh, Rainbow defibrillator, uh, massive doses of orange typewriter, um, Iraqi pancakes, uh, flannel meat thermometer, um, Hilly crystal meth, uh, Dad's terrible blues band, all, all that stuff. Wow, those are some. That's those are heavy duty uh, it drugs. Is heavy stuff. Yeah. 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 Sometimes as a cocktail, I would mix all of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it really wreaked havoc on my mind real bad. I was having severe paranoia. I, I developed really bad tendonitis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was terrified of my own tendons. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. wait, what was that? I was terrified of my own tendons. Yeah, that, I don't know if that's what tendonitis is. That you're scared of your own tendons. Yeah, I was afraid they were going to like. I wake up in the middle of the night, my tendons would be wrapped around my throat. Yeah, that's not that's not exactly tendonitis, but I understand the general uh, gist of what you were dealing with. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I could be thinking of night terrors. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I'm but not hey, a doctor. I, it got so bad. That one day Gary Busey, Mickey Rourke, and Andy Dick all showed up to do an intervention on me. I mean, that's that's saying something. When those guys are showing up to tell you it's time to knock it off. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. But you know, my will prevailed, and it ended up being like this four-man, five-day bender, and we were just we were just doing massive amounts of blue. Remember blue? Yeah. That was a real epidemic. Sick stuff. Yeah, it's gone. It seems to be gone now, but yeah. Well, I think they use it for. Uh, I, I think, I think that's what they're using over in North Korea for that 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 rocket fuel to launch those missiles. Is blue? I think it is. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I didn't. I did not know that. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I after that, you know, I'm I'm, I'm losing tons of money. I'm making these bad investments. These terrible business adventures. I got married and divorced three times over the course of like th- three or four years. I and you know, I was so ex- I was so into into these women as I was meeting them and falling in love with them. I got tattoos of all their names. 
I got tattoos of all my fiancés' names, or even even more of those. I'll tell you, man, my arms looked like the on-deck list uh, backstage at Tattletail's Gentleman Club. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Brandy, Crystal, Tawny, Sheila, like seven different Nickies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, real, real, real bottoming out, huh? Really bad. And, you know, imagine having to, like, I, I would have to, I would do these movies, and I would have to wear, like, long sleeve shirts in every scene. I was doing some, a couple beach movies, and I, I was wearing, like, these, these huge sweaters to hide these, because they couldn't cover with makeup at that point. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. To, to hide they even had to rename one of the films. Uh, it, it was called Beach Party. They had to change it to, to, to Sweater Party. Uh huh. Because there was one guy wearing a sweater. Yeah, and I, at that point I was so broke. I owed so many people so much money. I would do pretty much any any film that would pay me half of what I was asking. Yeah, and there's a lot of I gotta say a lot of clunkers on your uh, hey. well on your IMDb page. Well, some some were decent. Uh huh. But there's yeah. a, there's a lot of them. I know, but uh, all right, well. Yeah, there, there were a lot, but I'll tell you, there were some that I thought were pretty good. Like, like which ones? Oh, like uh, Dingleberry and Myron. Uh, Stinkfingered was good. Uh, Shirtface, Shirtface's Revenge. What else? The Jazz Sitter. Remember that one? The Jazz Sitter. Yeah. Same as the Jazz Singer, but this guy's a professional babysitter instead of a, a, a what's it called, a canter? Yeah, okay. So yeah. so his family doesn't want him to be a babysitter? Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a yeah. jazz babysitter? Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he wears a jazz beanie. Okay. Well, that's not a jazz beanie. That's a a yarmulke, which is No, a I'm saying religious... I, in the film I wear yeah. a jazz beanie. Oh, in the film. Oh, you wear like a like a Joe Z- Zawinol uh Neil Pert jazz beanie. Kudos to you. You named both the names I was going to name. Uh huh. Well, I, I'm kind of up on the jazz beanie. I like it. What other jazz do you like? Do you like uh, Toto? Um, that's a little, little too, little too wild for me. Jazz like, yeah. like Toto. I kind of can't follow it. I like stuff more like Return to Forever. Oh yes, um, Chick Corea. I like uh, Spyro Gyra. Ooh, how about the Manhattan Transfer? I like that a lot. I like the they're more they're more relaxing stuff. I do too. Yeah, that's, you know? that's fair enough. Um, oh, but 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 you surely you don't think that uh, oh god you a hole was bad. I, I don't think it's a great movie. Okay. I, well, how about the crooked Edmund Hillary? Cro- okay, yeah. that's the yeah. Uh, Debbie Dent. Uh huh. How about my brother the birther? Uh huh. That was good. Those were, yeah, well, those were, I guess. Those were decent. Yeah, all right, sure. I'll tell you what wasn't great, though. What's that? Uh, I I hope you didn't see it. I played Raymond Pettibon in that straight-to-DVD Black Flag biopic uh, uh, slogan, Fuzz. Uh Uh-huh. It was retitled Their Way in Singapore. Okay. Their War, I'm sorry. Their War. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that that was a really bad... Not good. No, it was, it was, I just remember so many inaccuracies in it. They made me draw my own pictures and I can't draw pictures. Yeah. Well, there was a, I remember one part where Ron Reyes is, um, is on an iPhone. Yes. 
that's true. Just call. I, th- I forget who he was. I think he was trying to call uh, Robo at that point. He was, yes. And Robo was, uh, at that point, he was at Guitar Center playing a set of drums that uh, was about 40 years from being invented. Yeah. Just a lot of inaccuracies. Yeah. Not great. I, I mean... Um, Henry Rollins was black. He was good though. He was good. He had the shorts. And the shorts. He he was a method actor too. That guy. He he did not. He all he wore was those shorts. Mm-hmm. All day on the set, even when he wasn't filming. He just liked those shorts. He did. Benicio del Toro played Chuck Dukowski. He was he was quite good. Mm-hmm. He uh he can surprise you like that. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, can I ask you, Dougie? Do you mind talking about uh, your run on The Apprentice? Are you serious? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear, yeah. Well, obviously I would rather not, but uh, it, it is all part of the healing process. And, uh, you know, like they say, I, uh, my, my therapist says there can be no secrets and nothing can go unaddressed if you want to heal. So, uh, that's, I'm an open book, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... Which I, that's like a healthy way of, of uh, looking at, at the, all this stuff. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, okay, so uh, unfortunately when my obituary is uh, written, uh, that's going to be just as prominent as any of the, the success I had in, in, in stand-up or television or movies. Uh, so here goes. Um, I will say this. Had I known that Donald Trump was one day going to be the president... I would have never kicked him in the face after he fired me for spending the money my team raised in the hot dog selling contest on hashish and pornography. Uh huh. And I'm really paying the price for it now. Uh-huh. Pay that much? How, how so? Well, I, I'm under tight surveillance. Really? Yeah. I saw uh, uh, Devin Nunes looking in my bedroom window last night. Really. Yeah, he was creeping around. He was doing some night creeping. Uh-huh. And I'll tell you, he's a guy that you look at him and you think, oh, he's a day creeper, but he's a night creeper too. You know, some t- some dudes just have they can they can be just a twenty four hour creep. Right. What band does he look like? He's a fan of. Are right, you say yours and I'll say mine? Okay. Um. Okay. On the count of three. Yes. One. Two. two. Three, seven sticks. Mary Three. Who? Seven Mary Three. Ooh, they're both good. See, I, I'm the, he, I always feel like he's at least 48, but he's probably much younger, so you're probably right. Mm-hmm. I picture him getting pumped up listening to Cumbersome. Oh, he'll become Cumbersome. Great album cover, regardless. <laughs> Very. Do you think they wrote a song they were just like oh my god this is the most cumbersome sounding song ever hey bro or should or or like we need to call this song cumbersome or do you think they're like i'm gonna write a song called cumbersome Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
on your happy price, price line. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. And then, so therefore, it has to be the most cumbersome-sounding song ever. You know, I really can't go further with this because Jason is my landlord. Okay. Yeah. All right. I didn't realize you were tight with those guys. I am. But yeah. This, so let's. Fair enough. We could we could stop with that. Sure, Dougie. Absolutely. I don't want to get, get evicted, right? No, I wouldn't want you to get evicted over this either. No. Um. Yeah. So you had a rough time with uh, the Apprentice. I did. Yes. And, and so. Basically, you know, uh, the Apprentice face kick and the Dancing with the Stars debacle really made me persona all grudden in, in the entire entertainment industry by, you know, by around 2012 or so. Mm, sure. Well, yeah. I, I do just, to be fair, um, you, you danced to, um, Gigi Allen's song, and I guess the best way to say this is, I kill everything I, I bleep, bleep. F is the first word there. Make love to, yeah. Yeah, sure. Which, um, that's a bold choice. Uh, it yeah, was. A and I'll tell you, man. Ali Sheedy w- w- was, was dead against it. But uh, I was so gacked up on Corral that I convinced her to go with it. You know how, like, when you're on Coke, like, you've been on Coke, you're so excited about it, about, like, whatever you're doing, and you can convince someone that? Mm hmm. I'm sure you've been there. Mm, not, not really, no. Okay. Well, um,. Anyway, if you've seen the footage, you know how insane this thing was. It's it's very uh, outrageous. I I tore off her dress. I smeared her with with fudge, and then I tore off my own clothes, revealing, of course, that that infamous soiled jock strap and those weathered cowboy boots. It's very upsetting. Yeah, we got voted off right in the middle of the whole, of the dance, which. Uh, it seemed like a, a pretty rare of, uh, occurrence. Never happened before. As far as I know, it, it hasn't happened since. But, man, those judges were so mad. Two of them actually threw chairs at me. And, you know, I got so mad that I, I ended up kicking Len Goodman in the face. Uh-huh. And he was in his, like, his late 60s at that point, too, so that didn't endear me to anybody. Yeah, and that's, so that was your move back then. It was. It's just kicking people in the face. Yeah. So he sues me. Uh-huh. Ali Sheedy sues me. Okay. I, I even got sued by Molly Ringwald and Judd Nelson for reasons I'm still unsure of to this day. But no, I, I guess they were. I knew they were in a movie together. Yeah, they were, yeah. Um. So, yeah, so you got sued by a lot of people. I did. I lost everything, and, you know, that's pretty much what set me into the wilderness years. Yeah, and uh, if you don't mind, I guess, can we get into the the wilderness years, as you call them? Well, there's not a lot to tell, you know, but uh, I, I was essentially and literally living in the wilderness. Yeah, like literally. I, I, I lived in a, in a tent made from rotting garbage bags. Um, I couldn't even afford clothes at that point. I, I was wearing a loincloth, which was actually made from the loins of uh, this dead animal I found in a gully. I'm not sure if it was like a moose or a, I don't know, a walrus or something. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's when I met my, my wife and my godsend, Brianna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was a park ranger, and she found me uh, on one of her rounds. It was, it was quite, uh, I don't know if you'd call that kismet or, or not, but uh, she really took pity on me, and she offered me food and water, and she even gave me the, the shirt off her back. Wow. She, she did? She did. But, you know, that was mainly because we ended up making love on a hot boulder about an hour after we met. Ugh. Yeah, I really turned on the old Dougie charm, and it worked. I, that, okay, all right. But, no. You know, we've been inseparable ever since, and sure, it's a 25-year age difference, but I, I find it really works. Uh-huh. You know, and she really turned my life around, and she cured me of all my bad habits, uh, kept me, she helped me get my finances in order. That was a big thing. You know, she's very smart like that. Um, what else? Uh, really helped me get my career back on track, and most importantly, she bore me three beautiful children. Skylar, Skylark, and Skylab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, yeah, and those are very uh, inspired name choices. Very, they're great names. They, uh, you know, well, I, I think a child's name should uh, show that the parent is very creative. Um, well, I, I don't know if that necessarily has to be the first uh, goal with a child's name, but. Oh, I do. I, I think. Well, I think it should be that. I think. I think. I think. Secondly, I think it should show that the that the parent has really cool taste in music. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. And and what is the next goal to show that the parent has enough money to kind of buffer the child from the real world? Yes. Uh, well, case in point, Baron uh, Trump. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with a name like that. You're. It's like, oh, that guy's rich. That guy could be walking down the street in a burlap sack and you'd say what's that guy's name his name's baron oh yeah it, it he command, must be loaded it, it commands respect yeah you, know? you uh yeah so you really kind of did piece things back together i did you know and, and i'll tell you um brianna has helped me co-create this this new show second chances mm-hmm. it's really good and it uh, put a little plug it premieres next wednesday at eight on the shout network and uh did my assistant Julie send you a screener? I hope she did. Yeah, yes, she did. Did you get to watch it? Uh yeah, I did. Ch- I did get to check it out. Uh, you loved it, right? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, can I? I guess I would just say it's like a. a, a um, I, I guess I would say the show's not a, not completely up my alley. Well, how so? Well, I mean, I can tell people just to give them some the episode I saw. It was like um. It's like a very straight, yeah, well look, the, the, the episode I saw has a, it starts off in like a really typical sitcom family house and, and you are trying to show your son on the show how to build a volcano for a science fair. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you can't relate to that. Uh huh. And you had no idea what you were doing. Right. And then Most you, parents don't. Yeah. And then you started arguing with your, your, the wife on the sitcom who I do have to say is so much better looking than you i thought she seemed like a model and you don't no offense you don't um hey and so it was just a very unrealistic sitcom dynamic and you and your wife are arguing about who could make the better thanksgiving dinner right and then there's a bet and then 
you're going to make the turkey, and you said right. you're going to make the greatest turkey anyone's ever had. And then, yes. But, but then it's, then it's clear you have no idea what you're doing, which seems to be a recurring theme on the show. Well, that's most fathers. That's most. That's most husbands. Uh huh. We think we think we know what we're doing, then we really don't. Tom. Yeah. Oh, well, the the big twist on the show is that you get the directions for making the turkey and making the the science fair volcano mixed up. I'm laughing just hearing you talk about it. Uh huh. And then you're like looking at your phone, sneakily looking at your phone, reading from Wikipedia. Yeah. But you're looking at the wrong pages for each each occurrence and you're acting like a total expert and then you're building the volcano with your son right and then you're putting like uh you're putting like stuffing and (laughs) stuff into the volcano it's hilarious and then in the the for the turkey you are putting like like all these chemicals into it and like rocket fuel yes and things like that. And then the big science fair happens. <laughs> and then, uh, your son, your son presses. You're the, laughing. I'm laughing at you laughing. Uh, your son presses the, the, the button and it gets, then the volcano starts like erupting cranberry sauce. <laughs> and then, um, then you go home and he has a ribbon for whatever he won or whatever. And then. It's Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. and then the turkey, you set the turkey on the table, and then uh-huh. as you go to carve into it, it explodes against the wall. And then I remember the final thing was you had to pay your wife the money, uh-huh. and then you're like looking right into the camera as you're putting the money into her hand, and you like shrug. And then I say my candid, my, my candid catchphrase, what's, what's that called when you say the first letter of something wrong, like you interchange them? When you say the first letter of something wrong? I meant to say my patented catchphrase, but it came out my patented catchphrase. I don't know if there's a name for that, that. but I I don't know. Anywho, Uh I I turn to the camera and I say my my patented catchphrase. I thought it would work. Yeah, yeah. I thought it would work, and then... Well, okay, if you didn't like that scene, surely you lost your S when I said, I want to drink Ivanka Trump's blood. When I was dressed as Dracula in that Hollywood party, uh, Halloween party scene flashback. Do you like that? No, no, that's, that's, I thought it was corny. Mm, I'm sorry. Well, you know, that's okay. Not everything is for everybody. And, you know, that, that's what makes the tapestry of life, I think, so rich and so bountiful. Wouldn't you say it's bountiful? That life is rich and bountiful? Yes. Sure. Yeah. And uh, look, I'm sure my show will find a big audience and, um, uh, you know, I should actually get rolling soon, so I, I, I want to say namaste to you. Mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, look, Doug, I mean, I, I, I certainly wish you the best of luck on the show, and you deserve any any and all the success you can get, because you certainly went through hell to get to where you're at, and it's it seems like you came out a much better uh, a much better man, I would say. Well, thank you, Todd. You know, I, I, I had to go through all that stuff uh, that we talked about uh, to get to this place of real deep peace that, that I, I'm at right now. And I, I can't tell you how good it feels to have no more skeletons in my closet. Uh, you know, I've made amends to everybody. For the record, I, I did apologize to Peyton Reed, and uh, I, I do reparations uh 
by coming over to his house once a month and uh, polishing his superhero bobbleheads. So that's well, that works. That's taken care of. Sure, sure. Well, Doug, I do have to say um, it's a real thrill getting to talk to you about uh, your life and career, and you're a real role model um, for all of us. So yeah, it's a it's a real thrill. Well, thank you. You know, it was a pleasure to. Uh, meet you and get to speak with you tonight. It was, it was, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I can say, I don't know if you, um, I doubt you'd remember this. And I didn't want to bring it up at the beginning of the uh, conversation uh, because mm-hmm. um, we actually did meet back in 2004. We and, did? Yeah, and you were at, a, it was Irving Plaza in New York City, and you were doing a, like an unannounced guest set at a David Cross uh, show, and... Afterwards, you took the time to uh, talk to me about auditioning at uh, SNL. Oh, yeah, I, I do remember that night. Yes, yes. I, I remember it mainly because that was the night the Yankees clinched the pennant race, and I was so excited for them because I'm such a fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, that was the night of my first kill. And um, did, did you end up auditioning for SNL or not? Um. Yeah, well, you know, that was a, a different kind of, it was a, my, my career was going in a bunch of different directions. And, okay. um, at the, yeah. can I just ask, you said that that was, did you say your first kill? Uh, yeah, why? But I mean, you must have killed plenty of times before. You were already like a really well established stand up by that point. Oh, I don't mean killing an audience. I'm, I meant killing a person. Wait, wait, hold on. You, what do you mean by killing a person? Yeah. What, what does hey, that even mean? I'll, I'll, I'll never forget his name either. It was, uh, it was Mike Maloney, and he, he was the maintenance guy at the Park West Suites where I was staying that night. And I made it look like he fell down the stairs and cracked his head open. It was very messy, i got to say, but my, my technique really got better as the years went on, and I got way more of them under my belt. Oh. Wait, is this is this a is this a joke? No, why? Well, because there's well, first of all, it's horrifying. There's nothing. There's nothing about any of this in in your your book at all. Oh well, you know, I I didn't think it added anything to the to my story really, and you know, besides the statute of limitations on that stuff as well, like five years. So, and I haven't killed since, well, gosh, uh, January of 2012. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm in the clear. Uh huh. Well, for I got to just say, for the statute of, of statute of limitations for for murder, that is not uh, accurate at all. Um, really? For, yeah. Um, Are you serious? Yeah, I'm positive. Yeah, it does not expire like that. Oh, great. Oh, good. My my agent just uh, texted, and uh, he's dropping me. Oh, okay. And there's there's one from my wife. Oh, and and I never guess guess this. She's leaving me, and she's uh, taking the kids. Oh, good. Okay. And there's there's my publisher telling me that the uh, the book's not coming out next week. <laughs> just. Uh, you think this can't get any worse, but my, my dog just texted me and said I'm, I'm no longer his master. Great. 
Oh, great. And there's the police. Okay. Great. Well, Dougie? Dougie? Oh, oh, oh great. Oh, and, and there's Donald Trump in the front yard. Great. Hey, Dougie? Oh, no. What? Oh, no. He's taken off that overcoat that he never takes off that he's had on since January. He's going to smother me in it with that extra, extra long tie. I'm sorry I kicked you in the face. Thanks a lot, Tom. Hey, Dougie. Oh, okay. Hello? 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 Huh, okay. Well, I guess that's, uh... Well, it was exciting. We just had, uh, the Dougie Miller. You a fan of his, Mike? Yeah, I like him. Oh, you like him? Are you more of a fan now? No. No, you're less of a fan. Good. Oh, that's, look, that's a relief. That was horrifying. Those things. He seems like a very troubled soul. Um, yeah, well, look, we're going to have, uh, Todd Barry will be up, uh, in a matter of minutes. Best show. Hey, Tom, how's it going? It's going well. To whom am I speaking? This is Greg in Philadelphia. Greg in Philadelphia. What's up, Greg? Uh, I was hoping to talk about the topic, uh, rough times. I've, I've been going through a pretty rough time of late. What, uh, what's going on? What's going on, bro? Uh, I've been recovering from a pretty major surgery, and it's uh, it's sort of an embarrassing one because it's it's this sort of procedure that most people don't have to get until they're many uh, many decades older than I am. Okay, oh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, I uh, I had to have my hip replaced, and it wasn't because of something cool like a, like a sporting accident or like a motorcycle crash. I actually last year decided to have both of my legs replaced with uh, e-cigarettes. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh huh. That's caused complications. And how's that working for you now? Wow. That. How about that? The e-cigarettes guy. I like him. Guy doesn't think I like him. I like him. Sorry, dude. I like when you call. You can do that every week. He thinks I'm mad at that? No, I'm into it. I, uh, want to say, uh, I actually had a, uh, uh, something that is, uh, slightly, uh, embarrassing that, uh, a lot of, uh, people don't, uh, have to have, uh, at this, uh, point in their, uh, life. I, uh, had, uh, the hip surgery, uh, and I, uh, had, uh, my, uh, hips, uh, replaced, uh, by, uh, and like, I don't see this coming already by, uh, e, uh, I had them replaced by, uh, my, uh, hips, uh, I had, uh, replaced by, uh, e, I had my hips, uh, replaced, I had hip Replacement, uh, surgery, uh, which was, uh, something that is, uh, not what, uh, people your, uh, 
age, my age generally, your my age generally, uh, get because I, uh, had to, uh, have my, uh, hips, uh, replaced, uh, with, uh, with E, E, uh, E, uh, uh, hips were replaced by, uh, E, uh, e-cigarettes. E-cigs. Click. What's that crumpling I hear out there? Doritos. Doritos. Who's eating the Doritos? Doritos eating Doritos. Dorito. Why are you eating Doritos? You see a picture of Adam Conover eating them? You're trying to fit in? Trying to be cool like your, like your uh, teacher? Hey, teacher, teacher. Remember me, teach? Hey, teacher, remember me? Remember me, Dudio? Hey, teach. Teach me more, teach. One of you is going to betray me. Dudio did warn me. Someone's scheming out there, and I don't like it. I'm going to figure out which one of you rats is out to get me. One of you rats is going to get me, and I'm going to get you first. That's the thing. I'm going to get you first. You're going to have a a, a, a a casino moment. Remember that scene in Casino when What's-His-Face um showed up in the room? He thought he was going to be a made man. Remember? He showed up. He's like, oh, I'm going to be a made man tonight. And he walks in and then it's like a room just filled with plastic. And he goes, oh, no. One of my favorite scenes in uh, all of the movies. I'm being told to go to the hotline. I'm being told on the hotline that we have. uh, Hello. Hi. Uh, I'm being told on the hotline. We have a comedian, we have a, a hyphenate on the hotline. It's a uh, comedian slash actor slash author. A new, a new hyphen has been, well those aren't hyphens, those are slashes. I guess Were you I waiting was, for Mike Berbiglia? What's going on? <laughs> no. No, this is Todd Barry who out hyphenates Mike Berbiglia now by one hyphen. <laughs> right? Where's his book? Um, Does he have a book? What's that? Does he have a I book? I think he has written the book. Okay, I wasn't well, the swipe against him. I was just trying to be funny. Now look, we're, look, it's a race to see who can collect the most hyphens. <laughs> <laughs> and you. It is, I'm very competitive. That is the one thing, Todd Barry, that yeah. people, people notice. It's like this guy, it's always like an all about Eve situation with him. <laughs> <laughs> look over your shoulder, cause he's, he's coming for you. Yeah, man, it's it's doggy dog. <laughs> now, Todd Barry, thank you for coming on the show, comedian Todd Barry. Mm-hmm. You, true or false, have written a book called "Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg." I have written a book and published it. <laughs> yes, not myself, it's... not self-publishing. No, it's not one of those things where you look at the spine and and it's like TB publishing like where it's clearly your company 
Right. It's not that there was no infomercial that led me to a publishing deal. Yeah. So they made a whole bunch of these in advance. Yeah. These are these are not being made uh to order. It's not like you're getting like you order one and then somebody's like fire up the uh Letterpress. Yeah, let's let's run one off. An order just came in for Todd's book. They are hand embossed, though. Each one is individually embossed. <laughs> they are. No, these are mass produced. This is a yeah. real. This is a real book. This this is not a. This is not. Uh, this is not a pamphlet or a. Uh, no. This is this is a, an imprint of Simon and Schuster Gallery Books. I know, man. It's, well, it's I would, the real deal. It's big time. It's uh, they're going to lose money on it. Everything's happening. <laughs> gonna, no, the, and when did the book come out? A couple weeks ago. It came out March fourteenth, and it's still available. No, there. It's I. I took them off sale. Oh, so this now people have to kind of. <laughs> you better just yeah. comb your bookstore and hope you find it, a copy that. It, it, it's like a pop up donut shop or something. It's oh. Just, uh, they had one week to buy them, and then, uh, then that's it. So, just if you you had your shot, no, they're still available wherever you buy books. Yes, this book, and even Audible dot com if you like listening to books. Did you record the audio book? I did. It's kind of a nightmare, but yeah, I did. How was it a nightmare? I know that's I, that. I, as I said that, I realized that there's people who probably have more nightmarish experiences than recording an audio book. <laughs> So instantly I caught myself, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm back to being a great guy. Well, empathetic. a nightmare. Hey, look, everybody has a box, and the box gets filled with whatever you fill it with. Exactly. <laughs> I, I meant it, it, it was time-consuming, and it ate into my charitable donation time. That's why. Sure, that you just couldn't do the usual work you're used to doing. <laughs> you were just, uh, when no, will they just, let me uh, out of the booth? Reading a whole book is just, um, especially your own book. It's just, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of work. It, it's the first time I ever felt I should do a vocal warm up to try to keep the uh, the pipes. Yeah, the consistency. <laughs> yeah, the timbre. <laughs> you ever listen to an audio book and then you can tell when they stopped the session and then they started again? Like I've actually never listened to an audio book. Or read a regular book. <laughs> so, so you are one of the few people <laughs> who you've written one book and you've read zero. So you're just like one. You're almost tied. You, it would not be hard to tie it up. You just have to just knock one book off. <laughs> yeah, maybe a Judy Bloom or something. Yeah, you could start off with the Judy Bloom, like that book. Uh, what was that called Fudge or something like that? Wasn't that one of her books? Really, she had a book called Fudge. What was it called? Super Fudge. Oh, she really had a a, a book with Fudge in it. Yes, Super Fudge. So you can maybe go pick up a copy at at uh, when you go to your local bookstore and you're just doing inventory on your book. Thank when you I'm going for... to bookstores and moving my book from the shelf to some table where it's more prominent, I will buy a copy of Super Fudge. Yeah, when you just you're just like this won't do my book. <laughs> Like, this is just back on the shelf. Now, this book, I will say, it's a great book. Oh, thank you. Congratulations on, you did it. You wrote a book, and you Mm -hmm. wrote a great book. 
I don't know if it's great, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's got its moments of unbelievable greatness. <laughs> it's uh, I wanted to go from uh, completely uh, humble to the worst ever, and I think I just did that. You covered it in one in one sentence. It started off. I was just like, you know, you're trying to move books here, Todd. Why are you saying it's not great? And then suddenly, it became unbelievably great before the same sentence was over. Ah, how do I do it? Well, this book it's about the life of uh, of you out and about for uh, basically a year, mm-hmm. a year's worth of you playing secondary and tertiary markets yeah i gotta say i learned the term tertiary from you i'd never heard that term and you used it once and i was like i fell in love with that term and that's why i have a book deal it just uh well i will say you signed my copy of the book and it says tom exclamation point tertiary exclamation (laughs) point todd barry yeah i never know what to write when i uh sign autographs (laughs) <laughs> you're just swinging all over the spectrum here from i'm not sure if my book i don't know if you could say my book is great too i don't know what i write when i sign autographs i know to, um oh it's a nightmare recording the audio book <laughs> for your for your book <laughs> no but so the book you basically set out to to yeah. document a year and change of your of your professional life touring all over the world right and kind of revealing it's like a look a look into just the the day-to-day part of of you being you and i would say that this book could be subtitled uh it could be thank you for coming to hattiesburg colon read read this and be on your best behavior comma comedy club owners oh because i call you saying i call people out is that what you're saying well no you just you say you say that this is like this is this is a bummer when this happens and this is counter to trying to do actually good comedy when somebody does this and that and it really just puts it put it kind of shines a light on uh things that that uh in a in a very kind of broken down like day-to-day existence version of it it's not like it's not it's not like a heightened thing you're actually grinding it out one meal at a time and one show at a time and it's very it's very it's i thought i i think i told you in fact i know i told you i'm not gonna say i think i did i said to you i felt the book was you telling your story without specifically telling your life story it's kind of like a look into who you are through a different uh angle what you're saying is i'm a closed book well i'm saying you're uh that that you could say that your work is you is that fair uh, to say that's fair to say my work is you that it's you me? this is you hmm. This is your life. You showed your life week day to day, week by week. You showed over a year of your life here, and it's you grinding it out, going and doing shows in places where maybe you haven't ever been or people don't get comedy regularly. 
and you're just doing your thing and it's just it's very it's a very kind of human story yeah i mean there's lots of uh i was surprised when i wrote it and i was going over it how many times i switch hotel rooms yeah. Yes. There, There's like been, five different chapters where I I complain about my hotel room. Where so, uh, you don't? Where you had a? Uh, I think you, there was one where you were not nuts about the noise. Right. You know, you get that hotel room where they they try to just pass it off. You know, like all right, there's construction going on across the hall. Let's see if we can dump this room on somebody who won't care. And then they pick the wrong guy. They don't realize they picked somebody who's actually going to use the room also. <laughs> that you're not just dropping your bags down and then going to a conference all afternoon. You have nowhere to be all day. Exactly. And you'll be, you'll be out for five hours and then back, you'll be there all afternoon back again. Yeah. So. Unless I crash a conference, then that's, uh, well, you actually at one point do go and crash a uh, an improv show, which was what was it again? It was like for like it was a woman came up to me at, at this motel hotel in uh, in Missoula, Montana, and she's like she's like she introduced herself and she said, "Yeah, my improv troupe is doing a show for electrical workers in this conference room <laughs> later tonight." And I was like, "That is." the best offer I've had in my life. <laughs> yes, I will be there. And then uh, I went in there, and it was just really weird because she was, um, I expected, I was, like, nervous walking in just from a performer's perspective, just, like, nervous on her behalf. And I walked in there, and there was these guys, like, basically with dressed like they were just installed lighting on a highway, sitting around watching people do, like, uh, guess a phrase improv. And they were killing and that was you just – this woman throws this out thinking it's just like, oh, he'll never go to this, not realizing that you're going to these towns and you're looking for just – you're looking to – you're basically going from town to town looking for the town to show you why it is a unique place. Right. I mean, those are those are like some of the happy accidents, like when I went to Iowa City – and there was the Iowa anime convention in my hotel. So there was just all these people dressed as anime uh, characters. But just the idea of that in Iowa just seemed unusual. And then there was, they actually had tables set up where people could take off their makeup in the hallway. They had little towels. So, so but, yeah, so the, the rooms are not being smeared by, uh, <laughs> like the shower towels are not being ruined by <laughs> smears of unremovable makeup. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, yeah, there's not, it's not like a Tommy Lee biography, but. But no, but it's, but you're not Tommy Lee. You're Todd Barry. You're, Tommy Lee writes the book Tommy Lee writes, and Todd Barry writes the book he writes. That's true. Why am I competing with Tommy Lee? Yeah, it's like you're, and look, you're right now, you're at the, you're at the, Tommy Lee's seen his best days come and go. Right. You, you, you it's all pick, happening for me. You're, this is it right now. You're at the shank of your career, so to speak. <laughs> this is like right in the middle. Where oh my you, God. I've never heard that term before. That's the best. You're like a, you're like a golfer. Like the way these golfers, it's like these, like these guys play other sports and they're burnt out by the time they're like 30 years old mm-hmm. with comedy. 
Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This is a lifelong thing. You're right in the middle of it now. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm, I'm just breaking. It, you know, it, it, there's a, you kind of are in a way. It's like it, that now you have a book and it shows who you are and it tells your story and you've done, you've been opening for Louie the last bunch of years. Uh, you opened at uh, Madison Square Garden. Right. So you're, you're, more people know who you are now than, than ever. Yeah, you're probably right about that, man. And this is, a, this is, I would say, if you were a publicly traded stock, I would say if Jim Cramer was talking about Todd Barry as a public, he would say, he would hit that button that went, bye, bye, bye. This would be like buying Apple stock in like 1981 or something. Yes, exactly. Jim Cramer would say, all in on Todd Barry right now. This is a sleeper. It's been, it's been moving up slowly and steadily. Ready to take a big leap forward now. Bye, Todd Barry. What do you think? Uh, what do you think my future holds? Like, what do you mean as like a as a stock? Yeah, like career wise. What do you What do you see my next few steps? Because I don't know what to do next. I think you just lean into the stand up now. Now you just lean into it. Now you become that road dog that you that you uh, say you're not, but you are a little bit. Maybe now you go and now you're the people see you come and they, they know you're coming to their town now because they've seen you talk about going to other people's towns. Um, does it, I don't, I hope that works like that, but I don't know. Do people get famous? Like, I don't know if like a comics get famous because of their book, right? Isn't it the other way around? But I think it, I think it all, if it all, one thing feeds into the next thing, right? It just, it, it, it there's, I'm sure you're doing interviews in places that you haven't normally done interviews and, and you're getting seen by people who might not normally know about you who aren't like comedy nerds and are just who you're kind of, you're, 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 you're reaching different circles now. Yeah. I mean, I did one of those, uh, those radio tours, you know, those where they, where you sit in the room and they're like, all right, we're going to Marion, Illinois now and you talk for 10 minutes. Yeah, and right, they, we'll go. we're they, going to Evansville, Indiana now. And they talk for ten minutes. And they punch you from market to market. And right, and and half the people, well, maybe a third in this case, had they're like had no idea. You clearly were reading a sheet as I was calling to find out who I am. But I, I think you just, but you've always just done 
like what what then what keeps you something's clearly kept you going to have to go to places that aren't these these major markets and just live kind of because there's that circuit that any comedian can kind of just know that they're going to play to people who are it's like money in the bank if you just played if you just went from new york to philly to austin to chicago to the just to the places that you know the people are going to be there for you to portland and los angeles and just like you could you could just do that circuit over and over but you're there's clearly something making you go to these other places to the degree that you're doing it yeah i mean they're uh they're they very they're you know as the title said they're very appreciative when you come there because they don't expect you to come there necessarily if you go to chicago they're not going oh my god how was chicago added to your tour dates that's unbelievable <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But if you go to Fairbanks, Alaska, they're like, "Wow, that was kind of a haul to come here." <laughs> yeah, people know because the things the things aren't rolling. It's very easy to lose sight of that when you're in like New York or something where there's fourteen things literally every night you could do, right. and people are just in other places. People just aren't showing up. But you're not doing that. You're not doing that. Is you? What? What do you think you're getting out of that? Because you're not doing this out of just out of some sort of more, like martyr thing. You're not rolling through like 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 it's not the it's not like you're the postman delivering <laughs> <laughs> mail. Remember that movie, uh, The Postman? I I vaguely remember that. It was uh, it was Kevin Costner. I guess he was like in a post-apocalyptic thing where he did the water he did water world and then i guess that did just okay enough that he was like i think we're going back to the well again <laughs> another post-apocalyptic movie this time i'm a mailman Didn't that, that movie got like raked over the coals right yeah that was a really bad it's a real it's a bad movie is it like bad fun bad or is it just bad bad i think water world is more bad fun Bad. I, I remember the postman being kind of just like, oh, this sucks. Like that kind of bad where you're like, yeah, I'm not going to sit and watch him deliver packages to, to, to bombed out towns out of some sense of uh, obligation. Who signed for the packages in that scenario? Yeah. And is is it like the kind of thing where it's like where somebody's like he shows up and they're like, that's. That that's uh, that's my son. He's out looking for things like he. I kind of need his signature on this. I, or like, oh my god, my sweater from LL Bean arrived. <laughs> yeah, the most inconsequential package <laughs> that the postman is taking across the the nuke the planes that have been uh, nuked. But you're not going and doing this out of some like like what what do you think you're getting out of going to these places, Todd Barry? Um, I mean, part of it is I can't you know I don't I don't write fast enough where I can be like play Chicago or Minneapolis four times a year. Um, so I I sort of run out of the bigger cities in a way, and then. Uh, you know, I, it's kind of no different to go to a, a place that's doesn't is a little off the beaten path as far as getting your little crowd of people. I have, I'm good for whatever amount of people I get almost anywhere. Um, 
I'm not like an arena comic where they're like, yeah, you don't have a, we don't have a place big enough in Hattiesburg for you to, to apply it. Uh-huh. So, so, so yeah, there, there's a baseline that you know you can generally hit that makes it worth coming to, to a town that's, that's off the beaten path. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could still, like, it's not going to be like, you know, oh my God, you only have four people show up in Mississippi to see you. It'll be more like 44. Yeah. And that's, yeah, but that's, but you're, you're hitting, uh, like, I guess that's the low, that's the low end of the, of the scale according to the book when you're rolling through these places is like 40 or 50 people are there. Well, I mean, I was exaggerating for, Hilarious comedic effect. I probably had well over a hundred people. Uh, but I'm started. saying, in a in a worst case scenario, it didn't seem like you went below like fifty something people. Yeah, in, yeah. In that, yeah, there was no. Uh, I mean, I guess some people would consider that dismal, but for me, that was like you can do a show for fifty people. Yeah. I. Uh, what do you think I'm doing right now? Oh. If I only thought there were 50 people listening, I would not be on the phone. You would have hung up already. This would be. <laughs> Andy Kindler wants to, uh-huh. know, wants to know, is it true you used a 24-point font for your book? <laughs> I guess. So well, that would make it so there's, what, like 30 he, words he on it? He to know whether he'll be able to read it is what he's asking. Oh, see, that's the... That's the back. And, him. That's the back and forth. Yeah, you you just <laughs> torched him. He he went onto Twitter. <laughs> the cock of the walk, kind of. I'm gonna dress Todd Barry down in front of everyone right now, and now he's probably going to delete his account. And the sad part is, I actually sent him a free book today. Wow. See now, how's he gonna feel when that free book shows up? <laughs> And he realizes he did nothing but try to undermine your promotional tour. Right. I I showered him with love, and he showered me with just vicious font insults. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I I look. I am not comfortable with that. I was merely the messenger on that <laughs> one. I yeah. Uh, I you could have protected me from that, though. I should have shielded. To be fair, I should have shielded you on that. Um. <laughs> I, uh, well, let me just tell everybody, this is Todd Barry's on with us right now, and his book, Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg, is out, and you can get it in a bookstore or digitally or as an audio book, and he will read it to you. And now, do you stay on, do you pretty much go as it, like, you read the book to people? Because I listen to, uh, I listened to Bernie Mac's audio book at one point, uh-huh. and he went so far off of his own book a few times, he just started talking, and it was, it was just nuts that he, he, he looked at his book as like a teeing off point for what he was gonna say that day. I mean, that's what I would have liked to do, but then you realize I'm already gonna be in here seven hours if I start flying off the, the rails, you know going to be 15 hours but i mean there's, there's a few moments where I, I shift things up but mainly it's the book the book is just so wonderfully conversational that i didn't really need to ad lib <laughs> what? oh my god that's the best thing i've said so far that, yeah that Probably. one that that one is at the top of the, the leader <laughs> the board. Home run. yeah the um 
Was it hard? Do you, was it hard for you because you have a you have a a, a very distinctive uh, tone with with your with your comedy that is it kind of way it kind of swings between your kind of being mock mock braggart a uh, 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 mock braggart braggart braggadocio uh-huh. I guess is what you say or are you being wildly self deprecating. I know. And how, what was that like to try to get that tone down where, where it was just words and you not being able to sell them the way you're used to selling them? I was kind of just banking, because I was worried about that, because it, because if you say something sort of faux braggy, it might not read as faux braggy. You know, the way tweets are misinterpreted every single day. Um, so I just kind of took a chance that I'd do enough of the bragging that it would it wouldn't come across as real bragging. But yeah, I mean, I guess even if it does, then I don't know. Someone will put that in their Amazon review, and then uh, someone else will be really intrigued by that. And be like, yeah, this guy. Uh, so he says he's a bra- he says he's a mock braggart. <laughs> <laughs> I know okay. I shouldn't even actually. Uh, Add to cart. I think you shouldn't talk about something that you're doing mockingly because it kind of gets like me walking around going, saying you have an edge to you or something. But I blew it, Tom. Todd, you did not blow it. I've read The Proof is in the Pudding. What was your favorite chapter, Tom? Um, my favorite chapter, I'm going to look, I'm, I actually have the book in my hand right now. Let's see. I enjoyed. I enjoyed when you went to Israel. Yeah. I enjoyed uh when you uh when you shoehorned your way on to the uh the oddball comedy festival. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I shoehorned, but I did ask to be on it, yes. Okay. When you, you request you and look why weren't you you should have been on it. That's a, that's you that's you cleaning up someone else's mess. The idea, because you know, at some point, someone was going to go, "Wait, where's Todd Barry on this thing?" Right? It would have been who? And like we're waiting for him to shoehorn his way onto this show. Yeah, we figured we'd make him come to us, and then I would make it seem like I was shoehorning that he was shoehorning himself onto it. No, but that's also the thing about it is that you're very kind of. There is you. There really is no pretense to so much of the of the the nuts and bolts of so much of this stuff that it's like, yeah, this is kind of what it takes for somebody to 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 make a, a make an, a career work where you're not packing out arenas or theaters every night. It's like this is that's what it takes. Is you have to kind of you're you're grinding away. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like it's like, unless I don't have like a TV show or anything, so I'm might as well just do some shows, right? Yeah. And, and you, uh, you actually did make a comparison early on when you did, you mentioned Mike Watt and his whole approach to things, which I thought that that made a lot of sense to me. Uh, the idea of a guy like Mike Watt, who's always been, um, just about, like he's like you you actually quoted his his phrase where it's like if you're not playing you're paying 
Right. Because you're just, you're losing, are you out on the road to make some money or are you out to just lose money? And any dead night is, is, uh, is swinging the other way. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he's way more extreme. Like I'm not going to do 50 shows in 50 states in 50 days. No, you're you're not going <laughs> Save to save yeah. 85 dollars on a on a Hampton Inn, but <laughs> yeah, and then be sick half for half the tour. That's exactly. There's not a lot of stories about you sleeping in a cold van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not. Like, it's not a. I was I was actually reading. Um, to prepare for writing it, I, re- I was reading uh, "Get in the Van" Henry Rollins's thing, and it's just like, oh my god! It's just like, if you have like more than three gigs in a tour where someone's throwing urine at you, you need to rethink. <laughs> and the yeah, band you're in. And, and there's that that moment where where you're like, okay, so we're in a van, and they added in basically galley style. Uh, Storage compartments for the humans for, for the three bands that are in this one van. Uh-huh. So it's us and and Painted Willie and Saccharin Trust jammed into the same van, and we're it's like you're in steerage. It's like they're they're like the they're like animals flying across the country. <laughs> And all that staying at people's houses, and it's like, oh God, Just showing up and hoping someone invites you to stay at their house. That you know, it's like, I don't, yeah, I don't even like staying at friends' houses. Yeah, you know, you want to know what, Todd? I gotta say, yeah. I'm glad to hear someone say that out loud now. I can't, I can't do that. I can't. I'm so uncomfortable because then I, I just, it's like, I'm just gonna have to go back to to this other place, and then we'll meet up in the morning. Because you don't want me here in your house. Like, trust me, you you don't want me here if we're going to do what we'd like to do with our friendship or working relationship. It's like, I'm going to go somewhere else when it's nighttime. And we'll Yeah, there's just fresh. that extra. Like, even if you're not the type, I'm sure neither you or I are, like, trashing our hotel rooms. You're still, like... You know, might want to leave a, a hand towel on the floor or something. Yeah, or not just be like, I, uh, I can't find a thing. It's, uh, I noticed that the, the sink is still running and, uh, now I have to wait to wake your friend up and be like, <laughs> the, the hot water doesn't seem to be going on. Is there something I can do? It's like, well, now if you stay somewhere, then you just call and you're just like, right. hey, hot water's not working. What's, what's going on here? Yeah. We, we, we just need to navigate through this world, Todd, is I think what, what we, we don't want to be noticed. We just want a little simple hotel room. That's all. Because you, that's, and this is the thing. It's very, there's a very zen like quality to your, your, you're moving across the country where you're just like, I just need a, a, a room that is correct. I need to just know where I can get some coffee before my show. And I would like to get some food after my show. And it is like, that is literally all you're asking for from life. Way to ruin the whole book for everyone, Tom. Well, I, I apologize. Look, Hey, uh, Mike, can you edit the, this stretch out of the podcast? <laughs> Tomorrow, just edit the, <laughs> edit the spoiler out. <laughs> Is that?
But it's one of those things people are talking, where they're hearing me talk to you now. They know that you live in the book. And then it's not like the final page of the book is like you saying. <laughs> and then I drew my last breath. <laughs> I am dead now. It's not an ambiguous ending like the wrestler. No, where it didn't, it didn't freeze with, with you picking up a last microphone. <laughs> Todd, if you go up there and you're referring to the wrestler because you played Wayne. Talk about shoehorning something in. Oh my god! <laughs> and the wrestler Mike, you remember Mike Todd out there? Yes, the, I do Mike, remember Mike. Mike. Uh, Mike still talks about how they shot the wrestler in Bayonne. He's still yeah. They're so proud of that there in Bayonne. They these are the things they talk about in Bayonne. The <laughs> the wrestler was filmed here. Um. The part of War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise was filmed in Bayonne. The guy who wrote Game of Thrones, George R. R. Martin, was born in Bayonne, and immediately immediately got out. Though he has never, <laughs> he has yet to return. Um, moved when he was six months. Yeah, <laughs> and the uh, guy from some what's it an Efferdent commercial, Mike or something? <laughs> Pepsi was it? Pepsodent. A guy from a, a guy who played a doctor who isn't actually a doctor, but portrayed one in a Pepsodent commercial is from Bayonne. So they really have a, you're a part of a very storied, uh, fabric of I show love that, that guy made the list. Like it's all solid things to be sort of excited about. Yeah. And then the guy who played a dentist in a Pepsodent commercial. <laughs> I, I would bet he's putting himself on that list. It's just like, hey, you know, uh, don't forget the guy from that, uh, Pepsodent commercial. He, uh, he sure made his mark in our, here. He did us proud. And then. Oh, he got an IMDB also, right? <laughs> yeah, but Mike is so proud that the wrestler, you're, you're acting, uh, that was, that was your, 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 uh, your, your tour de force. It was. Where you uh, you were the guy who yelled at Mickey Rourke, and because uh, he wasn't slicing the meat correctly, if I remember yeah. right. Um, yeah, when am I? Yeah, I thought my acting career would take off after that. Look, it's I think, Todd, you don't know when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, but you're doing the thing that you have to do. Is you're out there. And you're making, you're being great, and people are laughing. I'm sorry, this sounds like I'm doing, uh, the show has not changed since you last were on it, Todd. This is not, I'm not doing like some Pete Holmes kind of like motivational cheer, like happy spirit, like, it's like, no, I make it sound like I'm doing some kind of uplifting thing here. You're Todd, you were always Todd Barry. You've always been funny, and you're still being funny, and you wrote a funny book. I guess that's the only way to say it. I appreciate that, man. Let's yeah. move some units. Yeah. Of the book. Thank you for coming to Hattiesburg, which is uh put out by Galley. Gallery Books. Ga- gallery, not Galley. Yeah. A Galley is uh, in the publishing biz, a uh, little inside publishing is an early sn- a sneak peek at the book, which... uh <laughs> I did not receive for this book. No, I wanted you to have the full. I wanted you to have the full final edition that has seven typos in it. 
<laughs> that's that's nice. I just I just read a galley of a book and it had uh, four thousand typos in it. The best typo in my book is one of the tour dates is listed as two thousand eighteen. <laughs> but I don't know. Why I'd expect two editors and five copy editors to pick up that <laughs> very subtle mistake. But yeah, well, you know. You keep them on their toes, and that's that's. There could be a case uh, that this is that's like the uh, that's like a collector's move that they fix it in the next right. printing, and they're just like Todd. We did that because that's uh, now the first the first uh, printing is a collectible. It's like that stamp where they printed the plane upside down, and they're worth like eighteen million dollars. If you have one of those, yes, the stamp printed upside down, or the baseball card where the guy wrote uh, "F face" on the bottom of his bat. <laughs> that did you ever see that? <laughs> no, I did. That's uh, it's a it's remember Cal Ripken the I do. The, well, his brother Billy Ripken, who it sounds like a it sounds like a fake baseball player when you'd say like yeah, Cal Ripken's brother Billy. He also played a little bit, and he had a baseball card that on the 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 the, the nub of the bat it says it's written like F face, and it it became like a collectible card that. Uh, is it the F word or is it? No, it's the just... F word. No, it's the it's the okay. F word. Yeah, we look. This is a pod. This is not on the radio anymore. But we keep we run a clean ship here, Todd. It, I'm like I'm like. I'll put it into to the lingo you'd you'd get. It's like a, like a, a Jim Gaff again, the way uh, right or uh, or uh, what's his face, the other clean guy there, uh, uh, Regan Brian, Brian Regan. Regan. Yes, the way uh, we keep it clean because we can, <laughs> and it's it's it just suits. And you keep it clean. Your your show is not a. Uh, a, a a barrage of foul no, language and it might be sort of PG thirteen at that. At its raunchiest, but there's it's always with you. It's always the well placed. The curse is like a it's like a stab from a knife. Yeah, I have a one uh, f bomb in my current repertoire, and I I like when people refer to that word as an f bomb. Yeah, it key, it, and it, people <laughs> you probably you, you get like a gasp when they when they hear that because they're like I thought this was gonna be a. Like they have to reach over and cover someone else's ears, maybe. You're like or, the club advertised clean comedy nights. <laughs> yes. And then is this guy going to keep this going? That was one of my favorite parts in the book is when you were, when you had an opener who went on and was just beyond filthy and you now have to follow. Right. That's happened a few times. And in, in that particular case, I was lucky because when she was done, Someone in the audience like knocked over an entire table of drinks in the front row, and uh, that caused a little ruckus. And then I got to ride that wave of of uh, just all any tragedy in the air. Yeah, all anybody could talk about was the <laughs> the upturned table. Right. It was. Uh, so I was off and running when that happened. <laughs> well, Todd Barry, you yeah, know, you know when you hear that tone in my voice. Yeah, you know where we are on the on the train ride. You gave me a lot of time, though. You gave me a lot of uh, stage time. But you want to know what you you deserve the full freight, full celebration now, because you you're no longer just a comedian. You're no longer a comedian actor. You are a comedian actor author, 
and your book is it's legitimately great. And I thank was, you for I'm, reading it, and um, thank you for having me. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm uh, yeah, I'm 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 very happy that this is the book you wrote, and this is how the book you wrote came out. So that's great. Um, yeah, and it's called "Thank You for Coming to Hattiesburg." And I'm sure people are people saying to you now on things, and I want to say thank you for co- like. Are they? Yeah, they are. Well, I'm not going to do that then. And it's, it always makes me angry. I thought no, I had figured get... something out that you would be. <laughs> wow, that was a fun twist on things. He really, he really got me with that that play off of the title of my book. But then I had a feeling, yeah, that maybe somebody else beat me to the punch on that one. It's like I got 15 tweets from when Chuck Berry died saying, sorry, your uncle died. Yeah, that, that. And the first 14 landed pretty hard, but then I got a little tired of it. What, what if he was actually your uncle and you're just I like, know. And you, he changed the spelling of his name. Yeah, he, exactly. And he just, to like, disassociate himself from me. From, yeah, if people look, the records were Chuck Barry for a long time. <laughs> and then around 1996, he started changing it to, he went back and made it Barry. Right. He's like, uh, I invented rock and roll. I don't need to be associated with someone who does pizza jokes. Well, Todd. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me, and I will, uh, I'll see you and talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you real Bye. soon. I take care. Thanks. Bye. Todd Barry. What do you think about that, Mike? Can you borrow the book? Great. Yeah. What am I, a library? Mike? Yeah, you can borrow the book. Just be careful with it. He, he signed it. He signed it to me. He signed it to me. I don't, I don't want, I don't want you spilling God knows what on it. Pomegranate juice. I don't want to look in this as palm all over it. Like that palm juice. You ever drink that? In that weird shaped bottle? A little too clever. I feel like those bottles, a little too, a little too smart. Like they're, 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 they're up to something with that. They're trying to take your eye off of it. Right? Would you order a sandwich? Oh, they had burgers out there. A little burger party. That's great. Everybody get a burger? Just you and Pat. Did Pat leave? I don't know. Pat's been quiet tonight. Like Pat's the one who's going to betray me. Are you there, Pat? Oh, there he is. Okay. Best show. Hey, Tom. Yes, hi. Hey, um, I've been watching the March Madness recently, and uh, I can't help but notice that uh, Charles Barkley and uh, Spike Lee uh, is on this commercial together. What, what gives with that? What, what's the deal with that? What gives with them being in a commercial together? I mean, besides the money that stakes on the plane, I mean, come on. I'm sure you've seen this. You're a basketball fan, I know. Yeah, it's a commercial. It's stupid. <laughs> it's the worst thing, right? Who's first of all? Who was that weird laugh in the background? What was that? What's that? 
Who was who? Who made that weird laugh in the background? Oh, uh, no one. I don't think it wasn't like best show. Hi, this is Juan from Mexico City. Who's this now? Uh, Juan Carlos from Mexico City. How are you tonight? I'm very well. Very happy to be talking to you, Tom. I wanted to talk about Todd Rundgren and three creepy lines he said in a song and in an interview. You want to talk about three creepy lines that Todd Rundgren said? Yeah, I want to talk specifically about the song, the single, uh, We Gotta Get You a Woman. From the album Runt. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very uh, catchy song about uh, hiring a, a female worker for a friend. And there's a part that had, like, controversy, right? Where he said, like, feelings that I feel for you, they're kind of stupid, but they sure are fun. I think so, right? I'm sorry, very nervous. Don't, don't, you don't worry. You don't be nervous. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and at the end, he said, uh, we'll get, uh, and when we're done with you, we'll get you one, two, and that was, like, really creepy. Um, so I, was, I, I, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? So I heard, but then I heard the, the WTF podcast with Mark Maron, and he was talking about going to Hawaii, Mark Maron, with a female friend. And then Todd said, yeah, for deflowering. And that kind of skipped me out. And that's well, that, that phrase alone, deflowering, is a very unsettling phrase. Yeah, I don't like it. Like, it's not a, we're talking about treating women like objects, and that's like a very weird thing to say. Yeah. But that's what I wanted to say. And um, thank you so you much, that. and I love the show. Bye. You have a great night, and you did a great job. You call anytime you want. Okay. I'm finally getting to voices Todd Rundgren. He's finally getting to take down that Todd Rundgren song from 1971. Best show. Hi, this is Austin from Alaska. Nelson? Austin. Austin. How are you tonight, Tom? I'm well. What's up, Austin? Where are you from? Wasilla, Alaska. You're in Wasilla, Alaska. Uh, home of Sarah Palin. What's going on tonight in Wasilla? Well, uh, I wanted to call in about the tough times uh, topic. Now I moved up see. here in August of uh, 2016, and... Uh, didn't have a lot of, didn't know anybody up here, but, um, we'd gone on a vacation. I got laid off from a job and, uh, you know, decided it was, uh, just time to make, make a change. Um, mm-hmm. but I wanted to thank you, uh, for kind of <laughs> like keeping me company while I've been up here. Uh, the best show, uh, just helped me out, uh, while being up here. Sorry, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> You don't be there. You relax. Um, but yeah, I just want to thank you for the show, and um, you know, that's uh, it's helping out. Well, that's nice. It's nice of you to say. So, what what brought you there? Uh, we'd come up here. I came up here with my family. 
uh, like a year and a half ago. And uh, we did a bunch of kind of like real touristy stuff, like a flight team tour, tour of the, uh, Denali and, uh, you know, seeing the glaciers down in Seward. Uh, and I kind of fell in love with it. And like I said, I got laid off and I just decided to, to move up here. And what are you doing with yourself up there? Uh, I'm a programmer. Uh, I work for a software consulting company and uh, basically designing websites like I was doing down in Colorado. Not a very Alaskan-style job. Well, look, you're there. It's making sense for you? Yeah, it's been good so far. But it's a little tough. Yeah, I guess moving anywhere that you don't know anyone, you know, that can be tough. But I uh, adopted a dog while I was up here. Uh, and so that's, she's, you know, keeping me active. We go snowshoeing sometimes. That's fun. Well, that's cool. You got a dog. What yeah. kind of dog? Uh, Husky Mix. Her name is Marley. What's your dog's name? Marley. Marley? Yeah. <laughs> that was the name she came with when I adopted her from the shelter. Well, that's a good name. Marley. Where's yeah, Marley I now? I thought about changing it, but she's she's about two years old, so I think it's... Yeah, yeah you don't have to change it. You, you respect, the dog doesn't want the name changed. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Plus, it'd be easier for me. She already knows that name. Yeah. But, uh... Well, look. Yeah. You take care of yourself. It's not always easy moving and being in a different place, but you did it. Then you'll just yeah. you'll get where you're you're gonna get where you're gonna get. Hang in there, Thanks, bro. Tom. Best show. Hello. Hi. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Oh, this is Chris. I mean, we Hawkins. Chris and Weehawken, what's going on tonight, Chris? Oh, nothing's going on. It's raining. We're staying inside. All right. To, uh, I wanted, uh, to call, wanted to call about last week's topic. Yeah, last we're not talking about what, what last week's topic being every topic? Yeah, I thought maybe I could, but I didn't get a chance to call, so maybe you could uh, let me talk about last week's topic. Yeah, yeah. What do you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. I didn't get a chance to look. I thought maybe... This guy, I got, I got, no, I don't know this. I don't know that. What am I supposed to, what am I, a bus conductor here? I, I, I work working in an information desk? I don't know this. I don't, you, you, you gotta prepare. It's hard, man. I tell you. I, I have not had a good last week. It's not been good. I, uh, <clears throat> I had like a, like a lot of, uh, like I can't, like, look, last week, I was so distracted doing last week's show. I was having some physical, uh, pain in my back. And then it just kept getting worse and worse all week. 
to where by the time I got to Thursday, I was in straight up agony. Couldn't get out of bed. Couldn't stand up straight. Couldn't be, I couldn't get comfortable. Last five days, just brutal. I could not, did not feel good. Physically, I was just, my back was just on fire. I didn't do anything specifically to hurt it. I don't remember anything I did to agitate it. I didn't do anything. I woke up and it was, it was, uh, on Tuesday, not feeling good. Then I did the show. Got through it. I thought it was a fun show last week. What'd you think about last week's show, Mike? You enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I I had fun, but I knew I was not a hundred percent and I'm not a hundred percent tonight. I'm telling you, man, this back, I could not sit still. I could lay there. If I moved, I felt it. And I've been through this before and it comes down to, uh, yeah, not a good, uh, for me, I know when it's all, I know when it's all, uh, I know when it's stress, man. I know when it's stress. I know when, when it's not anything I did to hurt it. And it's the work stuff or the lack thereof. I tell you people like, did you watch Big Little Lies? No, I didn't. No. Even if I did, I'm not going to talk about it now. The place that owes me, it took my money. It took my money. Ain't going to talk about anything on that channel. You kidding? You jump in a lake. One show's worse than the next on that channel. Seriously? Ballers? crunching whatever that one thing is crunching i see the thing it looks like the whatever that is it's like a car it's like a what is he in it it's like a guy going (laughs) on a couch crunching i tell you it could be citizen kane i wouldn't talk about it. it could be like citizen kane the show nah That channel can and jump in a lake, man. You couldn't pay me to watch something on that channel. No way, no day. Ballers. Yeah, it's like Entourage. It's it's for people who had a hard time hanging with Entourage. Couldn't couldn't ride the subtle nuances of of the characters on Entourage. Look, I, I like I like uh, Rob uh, Cordry. He's a very nice guy, very funny guy. They took my money. You don't take my money. They took it. Gave me the kibosh. Yeah, so I got that weighing on me. It's also funny you find out that when you get in a car accident and you should have been smeared all over the pavement and you just kind of power past it and don't, don't uh, address it. It's funny how it doesn't just go away. Funny how that works. 
Got to process this stuff, man. Can't just run from it. And yeah, I was just powering through, doing a whole lot of running. Can't do it no more. Ah, I was, uh, yeah, I was laid out, could not move. Then I started thinking about the stuff. Then boom. Hmm, how about that? All the pain. I'm telling you, yesterday I couldn't move. Then I started running the stuff through my head, really breaking it down, really uh, taking it to heart. Hour later, I'm up and about. You tell me what actual injury works like that. No, don't. It's all stress, man. Stress. But when you're in that kind of pain, oh boy. That's the worst kind of pain. Pain, I tell you, it is the most, it turns everybody, it, it turns you in, insular. You become just detached from everything and everyone. When you're in like real pain, and I tell you, I, my heart goes out to anybody who's in pain and they can't shake that pain. I feel for you because I I had a bad I had a run with it a couple of years ago with with back stuff leg stuff got past it for a few years had just had a revisiting of it and boy does that bring back bad memories I would not wish that on my worst enemy that kind of pain debilitating wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy make sure you're detached from everything. That's hard. And the people who are dealing with that long term, I feel for you. You are strong people who are dealing with real sickness and real pain and real illness. Those are strong people. To keep going every day in whatever form they they can put together a day in, that's strong. That's, those are strong people. And, uh, those are people that's, <clears throat> those are people I admire are people who they keep going and they go for another day, even though they know tomorrow's probably going to bring a lot of pain also and bring some struggle. Yeah. Those are, those, those are people. That's the kind of person I admire. Because I just had a five-day run with it, but it brought back all the memories. And boy, man, hoof. I sat there, I was reading, I read Todd's book. I was reading Count of Monte Crisco still. 500 pages in on that thing. Oh, boy. Somebody emailed me and said, It's such a great book, but get ready for the stretch when two boring guys from France show up and just hang around for 150 pages. And I am mostly past the boring guys from France. 
it was like imagine if you were a a rollicking adventure about a guy a guy just getting the 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 raw hand dealt to him even though he did everything right and he was a good guy and he did everything right he did the his job to the bet wait who are we talking about now what Wait, we're talking about the count to me or the count of Monte Crisco? No, he got this raw hand dealt to him, the count of Monte Crisco. And then he gets in prison and then he plans and plots and he schemes and he's out of prison and he gets the money and he's getting and then suddenly here come these two guys. And they show up and they're going on and on and on. We would like to see the parade, and we can't get a carriage, and we can't get a good window to watch the parade from. A hundred pages of that. In the middle of like this rollicking, thrill-a-minute adventure, it suddenly stops so cold to set up the two most insufferably boring characters ever that don't go away. Oh, if only we could rent a carriage. The parade is coming. We can't get a carriage. And where will we watch the parade from when it does come? There are no hotel windows available. A hundred pages. Right at the good part. But now finally, these guys are going away. These two boring snoozes. Now the Count of Monte Crisco's back. And look out. He's coming for revenge. Says reading that. Read Todd's book. I read this great book that I will be talking about more over the next few months called The Show That Never Ends by Dave uh, Weigel, a book on the rise and fall of prog rock. Great book. Comes out in May. Loved it. Great book. You're going to like it, Mike. Some good Greg Lake stories. You didn't like that stuff, though. Nah, you always saw throw it. You didn't get it. Nah. Why? Because they weren't wearing dungarees on stage? They came out with a little showmanship? Why? Because Keith Emerson... You you never liked Keith Emerson. Oh, that's yes. Greg Lake didn't have a, a high voice. Greg Lake? Oh, God. Can you believe this? It's 2007. It's 2017. I got to hold this guy's hand going through uh, through these records with him. 2017. Yeah, I like to want to go with the high voice. 
Yeah, okay. Well, don't listen to yes then. I'm not talking about yes. In the room, oh, this room. Oh, God. Can you imagine this, this room Mike goes to? God have mercy on the, on the, the poor souls. I, I, they're trapped in this room. Do people leave this room or is it like Hotel California? I might just have to go to this room once and for all. It's this room where Mike met this one guy who has this fancy schmancy stereo. And he plays all this music that, that, that he, he's that thousands of dollars of equipment. He's blasting this stuff, playing the worst music you ever heard in your life, but played on the best stereo system. Like that really sounds like some sort of triumph. Now, what's the song you like, Mike? Is it this one? And I want to say to anybody, if anybody can tell me how to fix my computer with this stupid, super sensitive. That it? What are you like, Will, the the uh, William Gunn or whatever it is? That's the one you like. Oh, you figure this guy has a chance to finally like some culture. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer to get some good culture in his system, but now he doesn't take it. You have something against uh, knife edge? Hard rock? Listen to this, Mike. Imagine you're in the room and this is playing, Mike. Imagine you and this other pervert sitting around, right? Just a step, cried the sad man. Take a look down at the madman. Theater King's arms, silver wings fly beyond reason. Imagine you and the other creatures of the seagull come the spread claws of the eagle. Only fear breaks the silence as we all kneel, pray for guidance. Play Knife Edge in the room tomorrow, Mike. Okay? And then maybe this one. Peter Gunn theme. I tell you, this mic, I like the high voices. Did Greg Lake's voice seem high on that mic? Yeah, it's not Jethro Tull. They suck. Mike, there ain't no flutes on, on Emerson, Lake, and Palmer records. Don't worry. It's just Keith Emerson throwing knives at his keyboard. Watch a video of this guy. He murders his keyboard every night. What more do you want from that? He murders his keyboard with knives that Lemmy gave him. The roadie Lemmy. So where were we? Pain. So Mike goes to this room. Let me just wrap this up. It's him and these other creeps. Go to this room where they sit and they're playing these records 
What were they playing? ZZ Top? Like what? Beatles. Oh, God. So he goes to his room and he listens to a beat. What do you listen to? Octopus's Garden? So it's Mike. It's Mike and these 10 other adults. These 10 adult men standing around staring at each other while Octopus's Garden plays. That does not, that doesn't sound too weird. I'd like to be under the sea. Listen to that bass. On an octopus's garden in the shade. Does anybody else hear that mid-range? Oh, what a joy for every girl and boy. Listen to the stereo separation. What? Yeah, check the tubes. That sounds, that sounds very suspicious. This guy must be leaking some sort of mind control gas into the room. Are you sure there's not like, do you ever see like a green smoke come out of the vents? Not yet? This is what I recommend to you, you play in the room, Mike. Knife Edge by Emerson Lake and Palmer. Okay? Then the next thing I want you to play in the room, I want you to play uh, this band Cobra Killer, okay? I want you to play, uh, what's a good Cobra Killer song? Let's find one here. What's a good Cobra Killer song? I think this is a good camera eye. I think this might be a good one. Play this in the room. <laughs> Okay. You don't know if what? Yeah, the creep downloads it, Mike. Then play some Conant project. Okay. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Then play some Conant project. Then play some of this. Drop some. Uh, you see, I'm in the seas in my uh, music here. Play uh, a little bit of this. My rich and promising democratic experiences of Cornell West. A web of interconnections between the academy, mass right. media. Why don't you play the Cornell West Democracy Matters audio book in the room? Imagine that. Mike. Mike's in the room. The one guy's like, yeah, we just listened to uh, old time rock and roll. Whose pick is next? I think it's my pick next. Let's listen to chapter two, part J of Cornel West's Democracy Matters. All right, Mike, whatever you say. While the right wing pundits are overt in their superficial listen to the the more subtle and insidious constraints on hard hitting truthful reporting are at least as troubling. Can you hear that? The bombastic carnival bar stereo separation. Nah, man. Pain's hard. That's hard. I ain't get to do my volunteer work like I usually do at the food bank. Last time I was there, I ended up working with the guy. Uh, we didn't sort frozen meat. We sorted diapers. Not you. They were packages of diapers.
Congress. And remember I told you about that old man, Mike, telling me, telling everybody how to do everything? That old man, I tell you, he was hovering. He was hovering. He was watching me do stuff. He's like, he actually, like, he's just like, yeah, you could smash that fat. It's just like, because these diapers were showing up in these giant, because I've been volunteering at this food bank, and these things show up. And you kind of have to break the packaging down and, and put them into, you put them into other boxes, but you take them out of like the floor model packaging and stuff. And, um, and there was like these, these elaborate displays that needed to be broken down. And then they, they, there's these kids working there because they get kids coming in to volunteer kids who either are like a high school or college doing it. And they're, wor- they're, they're, they're separating stuff. And I'm smashing these boxes up. And I see these kids are smashing things up and they're doing it. They're, they're, these kids are doing it in a ridiculous fashion. What do you think I said to them, Mike? Nothing. I said nothing. Not my place. You guys want to smash? That's how you smash boxes? Smash away. You're here volunteering. Ignore that old man trying to tell everybody how to do everything. Right? I might stick some, I might stick some pork chops in his pocket, get him, get him framed. I think uh, the old man's uh, stealing frozen meat. What? Check his bag. These are pork. These pork chops are not yours. You 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 you're here to volunteer and to, to separate the food. We can't. You can't steal pork chops. I I didn't steal the pork chops. I promise. That was not me. Someone's trying to frame me here. These stolen pork chops. I don't need to steal pork chops. I'm telling you. Yeah, I got past it though. Pain lifted. Boom, like that. Can come back. Just like that. That's a scary thing. Soon as quickly as it split, it can come back. I know that. And I was lucky I just had like a bad five day run with this stuff laid out hard. So. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, little on edge about it. Yeah, I ain't been myself. I, I was not, this is not me. It's not me at 100% tonight. I was not at 100% last week. I'm trying. I'll get back. I'm a fighter. I came here because you know why I came here? Easiest thing would have been for me to, to lay there and not budge. But, you know, this is my favorite thing to do. The show. Favorite thing to do. So. Yeah, all right. We get it. You volunteer. All right. Jeepers creepers. The perfect people, huh? Perfect people. Now I'm telling stories from the volunteer thing. It's not fun. You get no fun from that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, now you're glad I did the show. Okay. All right, Courtney. I like you too. Now, that's the thing. 
pain's hard. These people fight. And they don't give up an inch. I tell you, they don't give up an inch. They are, they are going to make their life their life. And it is a co-pilot for their life. It is not, but it is not who they are. And I've had family members who have been in nonstop pain and uh, again, infinite, infinite respect and admiration for anybody who is living their life in the face of that. Best show. Hey, Tom. Hi, to whom am I speaking? This is Dan in Delaware. Dan in Delaware. What's up, Dan? I'm calling via Charlotte, and sorry, I missed the show tonight, so I missed Todd, and I'm sure it was a great show, but I'm calling because... I've been going through some tough stuff in the last couple of days, and I know you've been going through some tough stuff as well. My dad passed away earlier this month. Oh, man, I'm sorry. No. I don't want to dwell on it, but um, the best show has always been a way to lift me up. Yeah. Um, regardless of, you know, that happening, like, Previous to that, it was always such a bright spot in the week. And um, sorry, I missed the show tonight. I'm away on work and wasn't able to listen. But just you know, wanted to connect because uh, yeah, you've always, even in your darkest times, um, really like lifted me up personally. So I've been having a real hard time, like. I yeah, I know this isn't what we normally do on the show and stuff, but... Yeah, it's fine. The show's whatever the show is. We do what we want. Yeah. I have a super hard time, like... Um, what was your name I'm again, Dan. Junior? Dan. Dan? In Delaware. Dan in Delaware. Well, I wanted to say one thing to you, Dan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about your dad. And don't be afraid to dwell on it, though. Don't be afraid to dwell on it. You're allowed no. to dwell on it. You're allowed to. You're allowed to do, dwell on it. Don't feel like you got to rush past it. That's a that's a mistake to just Super, rush past it. Yeah. Super messed up thinking about how to deal with it and stuff. But um, listening to your shows, and I want to go back. I haven't done it. I want to go back and listen to the shows that you did following, you know, your father's passing and stuff, and. Um, I think that might be instructive for me to see how you dealt with it and stuff. Well, but you know, look, there's no look. I don't know how I honestly. You, you, I don't even know what I was saying on those weeks, and it's just. I see. I feel super lost right now as well, and I know you probably felt the same way at that yeah. time. But so just to, just um, to, just, to, just cut yourself some slack, and you get you'll get, through, you'll get through it. You'll get through it in whatever way you come out of it is how you come out of it. Yeah. There's no right. I'm sure this was a really funny show with Todd and everything. I certainly don't mean to put like uh You don't worry about anything. Uh, no. I love the best show. It's the best thing going out there. Obviously, we get it. They don't, but... Um, yeah, I just... I wanted to say, like, I feel super appreciative of what you do and, um, you know, the community that uh, that you support and... Um, 
Thank you, Tom, for everything you do. So yeah, I'm, well, I'm working through a lot of stuff. You but, but hang in there. That's all you can do. Hang in there, buddy. And don't yeah. feel like you got to power past everything. Yeah. You're allowed to linger and then and, 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 and make sense of everything. It feels super weird right now. So I'm sure it does. Keep listening and, uh, you know, reach out to all the FOTs on Twitter and everything, and they're all super supportive. But, uh, well, you have yeah, all you, you guys. You Thank got you people, so much. You've got people. People got your back. Take it. Take it, Lean on them. All right, buddy. You, Thanks, take, you take care of yourself. And thank you for everything you do, man. Oh, uh, well, you're right back at you. Thanks, buddy. All right, bye. All right. Best show. Hi. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Um, this is Andrea from El Cerrito, California. Andrea from El Cerrito. What, mm-hmm. uh, what's going on in El Cerrito tonight? Well, I just tuned into the show not 15 minutes ago, so I didn't get to listen to it, but i a uh, big fan of Todd Berry's. I've seen him a couple of times, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I wanted to call this week about something not topic-related. I know this topic is about pain. Yeah, or whatever. You talk about whatever you want to talk about. What, okay. what do you want well, to I've been a broke single mom for years before, so I've definitely have some, had some moments there. But... um. What I, what I wanted to see if you had any um, ideas, because I'm going to have an April Fool's party this Saturday, because I want to have a Halloween in spring, mm-hmm. and um, want to develop some traditions around it, but I uh, thought <clears throat> I'm going to call you and see if you had any ideas. For an April Fool's party? Yeah. Well, who's going to come to it? Who, who are you inviting to it? Um, it'll be at a little bar down the street that just opened. Um, it will be my friends who are creative, like to dress up. The thing is, April Fool's is just kind of prank-related, and I don't want it to be mean, you know? Well, then you don't have to do pranks. That, you're allowed to do You do it however you want. You don't have to make it prank-related. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, just make it fun. I don't make it weird with the food or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not good with April Fool's. Neither am I, but it. it's it's a. I'm looking for a reason to dress up. Then you know what you do. You dress huh. up. That's all you do. You dress up and you say, "Let's have fun." It'll be Halloween in in uh, April, and let's have fun. No reason to turn it into some crazy thing that you don't you're not feeling. A little after party at my house. Yeah, I might send my, I might fly Mike out. Okay. I'll send you a flyer. All right. I might send Mike. Can you pick Mike up from the airport? Yeah, absolutely. You can All stay right. with me. You can stay at our house. We've got a nice big house in El Cerrito. All right, Mike. How's this sound? Yeah, you might. You it's m- actually the, a bar. I, I heard you last week that... Um, That's all. He's already on his way to the airport. Sweet. He heard the word bar. It's called Little Hill Bar. He's actually Hill, walking. Little Hill Lounge. He's walking to Newark Airport. It's su- it's super cool. Free jukebox, pinball, and uh, free free. I think that's on open play too. This sounds great. You do it the way you want to do it. I'll send you guys an invite. Please do. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Best show. Hi. Hello, best show. 
No? Okay. Fair enough. Best show. Is that my phone? Hey, I just heard you. Sorry, I didn't hear you the first time. Oh, it's you. What's up? What's up? Um, I wanted to tell you about pain um, and tough times. First of all, I think that, like, everyone has their own pain. So just because people have, like, super horrible catastrophes doesn't mean you can't be annoyed that the train's, like, five minutes late. Yeah, of course not. No, you're allowed to, you're allowed to have, there's different, as long as you realize there are different degrees of, of things, that's well, fine. Yeah, that's true. Who is this? Now, what is your name? I'm, I'm, My name is Courtney. Courtney? How are you, Courtney? I'm good. I'm thinking about moving in with four people. And wh- wh- what part of the country are you living in? I'm living in Murray Hill right now in New York. Okay. And I'm thinking not, about moving to Brooklyn. You're not sure about moving in with four people? Yeah. Hmm. Why would you move in with four people? To save money. Do you know these people? One. Do you think it would be a good idea? I think that it would be a way for me to find work. That is more enjoyable, but I'd have to give up. Like, I live alone now. I'd have to give up some things. Mm-hmm. Well, is there a way to try it, and then you can go back if you don't like it? Or are you saying goodbye That's to everything? That's idea. Like, do, like, a month? Like, I can commit to a month? Yeah, see if that'll work. Okay. That it. sounds good. Have you listened to the new Drake album? Have I listened to what now? The new Drake album. That mixtape he put out? Yeah. No, I didn't. No. I listened to that last one, That's that uh, one where he was moaning about uh, Cheesecake Factory. That's really good, right? Yeah. No, it might not be for me. It might not be for me. I, uh, I would say with him... Uh, he got, he got boo, he, what, he canceled some show in, uh, Amsterdam, Amsterdam, right? When the door, they were in the, they were yeah. inside. Yeah. Come on, Drake. Oh my gosh. Have you ever seen the show Chasing Cameron? No, I haven't. Could you imagine, um, have, could you imagine being in the building? Yeah. And you're there already. You're just like, okay, we're, and he had canceled once already. Mm hmm. In Amsterdam. And then you're in the building. Mm-hmm. And then mm. it cancels again. And you're it's in there. Oh, oh, could you imagine? What's wrong? You didn't get his tuna bagel, correct? Right? <laughs> you ever see that video where he's moaning to his mother? I didn't get my tuna bagel. This isn't what I, I wanted. Asked... Yeah, it probably, it probably sounded like I saw on Vulture, it said bad sushi. What happened? Maybe it was. Guys like that. You know, you know what he needs? It's too bad that, that what's his face is gone. Keith Emerson. Keith Emerson would have straightened him out, right? They could have thrown some well, knives. Have thrown some, he would have said, throw some knives at this keyboard, Drake. Right? You'd think. Of yeah. course Keith would say that. The two of them would have been throwing knives at, at the, at, uh, at, uh, Keith Emerson's keyboard and then Drake would realize, you know what? Maybe I don't need a, a, to moan about why I didn't get a tuna bagel the whole time. Maybe I need to yeah. stop moaning about the tuna bagel. He, he 
he needs to know the degrees of pain you're talking about. Yeah. Or maybe the Tarkus will come get him. Right, Mike? Yeah, you might, why am I even asking? You don't, you don't know it or no? I don't like the guy with the high voice. Yeah, that's called, that's called John Anderson from Yes. Uh, duh. Emerson. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. A uh, duh. It is. A uh, duh, Mike. Yeah. Mike, which band is this? I'm going to play a band. You tell me whether it's Yes or, or Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. You ready? What's that? Yes. It's yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, I'm gonna play a band. You tell me what's yes or or uh, Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer. That's yes. Yeah. Oh God. What are we gonna do with this guy, right? Oh, I know. I mean, he's no Todd Berry. Thank you. All right, you have a great night. You too. Thanks. Bye. Good luck with the good luck with the situation. Best show. Hi, best show. Hello. No. Okay. Fine. Best show. Hi. Hey, Tom, this is uh, Dave in Dallas. How you doing? I'm well. How are you, Dave? I'm hanging in there. Um, listening to the show tonight, you're talking about uh, that kind of back pain that manifests itself in your leg and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I dealt with that for uh, 11 weeks last year in two separate occasions. And, uh, yeah, I just want to say, hey, you know, a podcast like yours and uh, got me through, through those 11 weeks of uh, crap, I'll tell you. Well, that's nice. I'm glad that I'm glad the show could help you get past it. Um, you know what I watched that was that was enjoyable to me was do it was feud, <laughs> feud. Betty and Joan. Do you know what that is? Rings a bell. It's Joan. No, no, it's Joan Crawford and Betty Davis fighting on the set of uh, whatever happened. To baby Jane. <laughs> Holy cow. That sounds top notch. Yeah, it is. It sounds like, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. It's not done yet. <laughs> well, look, I'm glad you got past your pain, bro. Hang in there. Well, uh, thanks for the suggestion. The next time I throw my back out. There you go. Take care of yourself. Final call. Final call. Best show. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is Diego calling from. Uh, El Cerrito. How are you tonight, Diego? Good. Um, I'm doing good. I just called because I had a, a thing for the list. I was just, um, I was just listening to your show, and so I decided okay. to call in. What do you have? Well, um, when my mom was raising me alone, and I think she just called, right? Yeah, she did. Um, but... <clears throat> When she was, uh, like, just raising us, she was just a single mom, right? And um, we lived in this apartment, this little apartment with my sister. And so, um, and so we had we had to um, get uh, electricity from 
the get, uh, the liquor store right nearby, we would have to uh, have a long extension cord from mm-hmm. the liquor liquor store all the way just to get electricity for our house. Sure. Yeah. So that was hard. That's but, hard. That's hard. Yeah. I get it. Uh, you know, I've been in situations like that. Uh, a lot of situations like that. And, uh, yeah, I understand that's hard. Day to day. It makes day to day living hard, right? Yeah. And it's hard because you're also like, you got, you're, you're worried it's going to stop and you're embarrassed and all that stuff. That is terrible. Yeah. I feel for you, buddy. But you know what? You realize this. Your mom, she did everything she could to help you get through the thing. She was doing what you had to do. And maybe it mm-hmm. wasn't perfect, but she was definitely trying. And uh, she was getting yeah, you through it. Yeah, she did great. She was getting you through it. Yeah, she so, got me through. Yeah. So and, yeah. might not have been perfect, but it's, it's sometimes it's not perfect. But you get yeah. through it. Yeah. All right. Well, you hang in there, buddy. All right. Thanks. Have a great have night. Have a good night. Bye. Mike, Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer, or yes? Ready? Now, it's King Crimson, stupid. Come on, see our Lark's Tongues and Aspect Part 2. Come on, Mike. And look, I didn't mean to call you stupid. This is what you should play in the room tomorrow. I'm serious. Play Starless by King Crimson. You know that song? It's one of the best songs ever. It's literally one of the best songs ever. Imagine you're in the room. The guys are all looking at each other. Someone dims the lights. The sound of Robert Fripp laying it down. I'm sorry, you're doing a different show out there? No, I'm sorry. No, by all means, no, no, by all means, finish your conversation with Dudia. No, no, I'm just trying to do a show in here. No, no, but finish it. You guys done? Oh, God. I I tell you, I'm out of here. One of these people is going to betray me. I feel it. I think it's going to be all three of them. I think it's going to be all three. And I think the the ironic thing is Pat's not going to do it, but he's going to stand by and watch, which is in its own way an act of betrayal. Pat will pretend he didn't see what was going down. Sick and getting sicker. In all seriousness, my friends, thank you for listening again. I know this was hardly me at my best. Uh, I'll be back next week. Hopefully be feeling a little better. Show, uh, always keep doing it. It's important to me and it means a ton that it is important to you. We'll be back next week. We'll keep this going. And I say to you all, hang in there. If you're in pain, you know, uh, you know, someone knows what it's like. Even I got a temporary taste of it again. Infinite respect. 
You can always support the show over at patreon.com slash the best show. And our friend Coco Hames has an album coming out. I think it's out now. Is it out? I think it's out. Coco's album is out. You know Coco from the Etz? One of my all-time favorite people and one of my all-time favorite musicians and songwriters. And her album is out now on Merge. It's called Coco Hames. Go to MergeRecords.com and get it. Love Coco. Here's a song that we were lucky enough to get a chance to debut on this show. We're going to play it again. I Do Love You by Coco Hames from her self-titled album on Merge. Congratulations, Coco, on your album coming out. Best show will be back next week. Bye. (laughs) 